evening, fight fans. It is the Rattledgen Broadcasting Network, W2M, alternative commentary for UFC 270, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gaon for the UFC heavyweight, undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Woo! And, woo! and I am your host, the Mandated Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified. Mr. Mark Rattledge, and I am joined by Fight Night Revival himself. Here I am. <laughs> How you doing, sir? Good. I feel like it may be your mission in life to make me re-watch just like uh, combat sports all over the place. <laughs> the line. And and I'm here for you. Like, hey, we're going to go back and we're going to watch like Pancrase and then <laughs> we're do like the early 90s. And I'll be oh. like, okay, boss rooting for the win. When I was at uh, Disney this weekend, I was you know flipping through my phone while we were online, and I found on the Fight Network upcoming there's a Pillow Fight Championships. I have plans oh, yeah. for you. <laughs> I gotta watch all the stupid combat sports. It's so that and a blow up doll, and I'm all in. Sounds like a plan. Um, so we are with you all night here on the main card. For those of you tuning in for the live stream, and we are live on Twitch. We are live on YouTube. The W2M Facebook, um, Rattledge and Broadcasting Network Facebook, and we are live on my Twitter, uh, Mark Rattledge Twitter. So you can join us there. Uh, all but Twitter, you can leave us comments throughout the night, uh, make your own commentaries, ask questions. We encourage you to ask questions, especially in between the fights. Uh, in the meantime, let's go over ahead. So we'll be with you from the beginning of the main card all the way to the end of the championship fight between Francis Ngannou and zero gone and before anyone writes a comment or says no we are not going to show any of the fights that's illegal but we are here all night commenting on it um and giving you our expert analysis such as it were all right so the card is as follows um and this is the part of the broadcast where i'm going to mask everyone's name we have in the welterweight division kicking us off we've got trevin giles versus michael morales we've got in the bantamweight division cody staman versus saeed nurmagomedov the other nurmagomedov in back in the welterweight division, we've got Michael Pereira uh, versus Andre Fialo. And then we have two championship fights tonight, one in the flyweight division, the third of the trilogy, Brandon Moreno versus uh, Davison Figueredo, and then the aforementioned heavyweight title fight between current champion Francis Ngannou and interim champion Cyril Gaon. So kicking us off with the pre-fight analysis here, Dan, Tell me, what are your thoughts here on this fight between Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gaon? And it's funny because I was doing some uh, research on this. I, I've been kind of in and out of the UFC for a little while now. And I was like, oh, why, you know, was there an injury or something? Why is Cyril Gaon the interim champion? And as it turns out, they were supposed to make this fight last year. And yeah. I guess Francis Ngannou was alleg allegedly said no, according to the UFC. Francis Ngannou said, that's not what I said. <laughs> but <Yeah>. so <laughs> they went ahead and they made Cyril Gaon versus i believe it was derek lewis for the um interim ufc belt and then francis and gano came back and so this fight was made so uh we've got gone coming off uh a 10 fight win streak and a recent tko in the third round over derek lewis versus francis and gano how do you see this fight playing out i mean and gano got to knock him out right like that's 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 his money maker if he if he knocks him out in the first 30 seconds he solidifies himself if he's not well, I don't think he's in a lot of trouble. He's 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 got one big strength, and it's putting people unconscious. 
Yeah, Francis Ngannou's got that moneymaker punch. Uh, Dana White described him as the best technical hard puncher. I mean, I think the online Twitter chatter has been comparing Francis Ngannou to Deontay Wilder in terms of pure punch power. Uh, Francis Ngannou won the UFC Heavyweight Championship in a performance of the night, March 27, 2021, against Stipe Miocic. My man, Stipe. Uh, and he had act, and he had done a four-fight win streak prior to that against uh, Rosenstrike, Junior DeSantos, Cain Velasquez, and Curtis Blade. So, I mean, he's got some pretty heavy hitters on his resume there. He has only two losses of recent note um, in the UFC, especially one against Derek Lewis, and then um, another one where he was competing for the title against Stipe Miocic. So, um, yeah, the odds are Francis Ngannou is probably going to win this, though I think there's there's some thought that if Cyril Gan can stay with him for the majority of the fight and can tie him up and take away that punching power, he's got a fighter's chance of wearing him down and dragging this into deep waters maybe even eking out a decision but he's got to stay fleet you know he's got to stay on his feet he's got to tie those hands up he's got to make sure that uh Nganu does not have a clear straight punch at him i mean they both like to suck up punches right like i think i was looking at their stats mm-hmm. today and they're both top three for punches absorbed per minute it's like two and a half or something like that mm-hmm. <clears throat> punches the question is, can Gan absorb that, not volume of punches, but sheer, like, connective power? Like, yeah, you, that's... Can, you can glance a bunch of but if a bunch of blows off, but if they're that hard, everything hurts at some point. I was telling the story recently. Um, the, part of the reason why we do the entire main card and not just the main event is it's almost not worth starting the live stream for the main event when it can be over in seconds. And I submit to the jury... Junior Dos Santos versus Cain Velasquez in the very, very first UFC Fox card. Oh, the buildup. Oh, the drama. Oh, it was over in seconds. Yeah, and if you paid $18,000 for that front row seat, <laughs> I hope you showed up for the prelims, because otherwise that was the fastest $18,000 of your life. Can you just imagine being, you know, like, you know, the guy that pitched buying, doing the Fox uh, deal for um, for the UFC? And it's like, oh, we've got this great, you know, rising combat sport. This is going to put eyeballs on our screen. And we're going to get these, you know, long-term viewers of Fox. And then it's like over in seconds. And you're just having to look at your boss going, give it another chance. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always like this. Let's put on the reruns of Thundercats. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the flyweight title fight. Again, this is the third meeting between Brandon Moreno and uh, Davison Figueredo. Um, how do you see this one playing out? That's harder. I mean, I think they know each other really well. They both used to train in the same spot, so your coaches know you really well. Moreno's really fast. Figs can switch gears a lot faster. So, I mean, I don't know. That's that's harder. I think I think Figueredo has the win. I think he has more tools in his toolbox. But mm-hmm. I'm considerably less confident on that. I uh, I have a sneaking suspicion, especially because it's flyweight, even though both of these guys for that division have pretty hard punching power. I have a sneaking suspicion this one's going to go to a decision. Yeah. Um, looking back at Brandon Moreno's record, um, he beat Figueredo in their last uh, about by submission on June 12, 2021 in the third round. And then they went to a draw, a majority draw, December 12th of 2020. So... 
prior to that, he had three wins against Brandon uh, Royval, Lucier Formiga, and Kai Cara-France. And then he had a draw with Oscar Askarov. Meanwhile, back in the city, uh, Davison Figueredo, uh, he had the law, the, you know, the loss, and then the draw to Brandon Moreno. Those were his last two fights, and then prior to that, he was on a five-fight win streak against Alex Perez. Just two fights against Joseph Benavidez, and a lot of these finishes, um, to his credit, uh, Tim Elliott and Alexander Pantoja. So there's that. All right, what do you think of the rest of this card here going down? We've got Michael Pereira versus Andre Fiejo. Good question. I don't know. I don't know those guys nearly as well. So mm-hmm. I'm going to abstain on that and then use it to, to fill in my feet. <laughs> I'm going to say Fiejo because I think that the, the little bit of footage that I saw on him before, I think that I like I like his intensity. So let's go mm-hmm. with that. All right. Uh, Michael Pereira here as on a three-fight win streak. Uh, his last fight was July 10th, 2021 at UFC 264. He won a unanimous decision against Nico Price. Prior to that, it was Chaos Williams and another decision, December 2020. And then um, he had a technical submission before that. Uh, that was prior to that, though. He had two back-to-back losses in 2019 and 2020 against Tristan Connolly and my man, The Dream, otherwise known as The Nightmare, Diego Sanchez. So that looks to be an entertaining fight at the very least as we see uh, Trevin Giles make his walk out to the octagon um so let's skip the cody stemmon site for just now for now we have trevin giles here uh in the welterweight division he's coming off a loss uh he lost he got knocked out at ufc 264 last summer uh july 10th 2021 in the second round so he's looking to get back on the winning uh, back on his winning ways here he had three back-to-back wins against uh roman Delage, Bevan Lewis, and the James Krause. Do you know the James Krause? I don't know the James Krause. I, I love that's where I'm I, in the revival phase. Um, years and years ago, when I was writing for 411, I used to cover all like the regional events and the um, like a lot of the access TV fights. And so there was one regional card that I saw, one ind- independent card, <laughs> and Outlooks. It was before he was in the UFC, it was the James Krause. And I was like, all right. It's <laughs> a hell of a, a healthy ego you got there, sir. Um, I mean, you could be the little monster, you could be chaos, or you could be the James Krause. Right. There's no other James Krause. There's only the James Krause. <laughs> Nor anyone volunteering to be James Krause, I don't think. <laughs> um. Well, anyway, he beat the James Krause in the split decision at UFC 247 on February 8, 2020. So that's where we got there. There is, unfortunately, no hyperlink for Michael Morales, so... Uh, it'll be a mystery. It'll be fun. Uh, earlier in the evening, did you catch the uh, the prelims? Oh my god, Travola versus Valdez, like Roadhouse, psychotic. That was the entire <laughs> barn of the haymakers. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Uh, I think that was the one. I I've been doing some work while I've been watching the UFC pay per view tonight on the uh, on our WTM site, and what so. Uh, every once in a while, I would look up and see what was going on. Like I saw the girl fight. That was a funny thing. Let me actually let me talk about that for a second. So yep. the um, Vanessa Demopoulos versus S- Savannah Gomez Juarez fight. Holy yep. cow! So Savannah uh, Gomez Juarez is winning the fight. She's pounding the life out of Demopoulos. I'm like, oh okay, this will be over in a moment. I think like pizza had arrived. I got distracted with something. I look up and the other girl won. 
and she's like kissing Joe Rogan. I'm like, what is happening here? How did hey. that? <laughs> she she was firmly in command of that fight, so and then all of a sudden, lost. She went from yeah, she went from being stacked and pounded to all of a sudden she had the mm. armbar in, and then I was like, uh oh. And then you can hear her coach like freaking out. He's like, sweep the leg, sweep the leg. I'm like, what is this, Karate Kid Part One? <laughs> and she sweeps the leg and she's got the armbar. And then when she sees Joe Rogan, she's looking the other way. Joe Rogan comes in to do mm -hmm. his Joe Rogan talk. And she's like, oh my God, it's Joe Rogan. I'm like the most honest excitement for your victory. <laughs> I loved everything about it. She was adorable. I'm going to have to pay more attention to her the next time she fights. But yeah, I. I, how do you how do you feel being the other girl? We were firmly in command of that fight, and she snatched a victory, a snatched a defeat from the jaws of victory. It was pretty pretty crazy. Um, but going back to the fight you were talking about there, Matt Favola versus Genaro Valdez. Yeah, man, that they were just winging punches at each other. It was pretty crazy. I I'm always in awe in the, of the conditioning of professional fighters, boxers. Mm -hmm. UFC guys, like, those rounds are long. In that fight, I felt tired sitting in my <laughs> I was yeah. like, if any of any of these connected, there's a full decapitation. It will be the first, like, flagrant murder. I believe that was the one where I kept wondering what was, wait, what was taking the referee so long to stop it. <laughs> yeah, and she was not stopping it. Like, by the time they were on the ground, I was like, oh, okay. This is yeah, it was, that was, okay. Yeah, I was like, what are you waiting? There was a point where he was just pounding on him and he was hitting the back of his head because he kept moving from thinking yep. of the right fight. And I was like, all right, and stop any any day now. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, nah, he's intelligently defending himself. I'm like, he's bouncing his head off the canvas like a basketball. I'm not sure that's intelligent, but yeah, I'm not the ref. All right, yeah. So we, we have Michael Buffer in the cage right now doing his thing. We are about to get started. I want to remind all of you good folks, all of our friends here that are listening on um, my, my Facebook page or part of the W2M Twitch or YouTube, um, if you would like to leave us a comment, I check them pretty regularly. Uh, you want to make a comment, you want to offer some fight analysis, whatever you want, provided it isn't uh, utterly absurd. And even if it is absurd, but it makes me laugh, I'll go ahead and throw it up on screen. We'll acknowledge it. We'll interact. We're here to have fun. Um, all righty, so here we go. They are making their fighter introductions now, and we are just about ready to get underway with our first fight of the evening. I was just looking at the odds on that. I didn't realize the odds were dead split on this fight. If I'm Giles, <laughs> I feel a little bit bad about that. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm making <laughs> no, you're, you're you're starting fresh. All right, Michael Morales. They say is a record of twelve and zero, stands six feet, hundred and seventy pounds. Our friend Jason watching on YouTube from second and short. For those of you that are into fantasy football or just football in general, Jason makes some pretty fantastic picks. Check him out on his second and short YouTube page. And you can also hear the very same podcast on the W2M network. Friendship is magic. Woo! <laughs> so we want to thank Jason for hanging out with us. All righty. Here we go. Morales' family feeling good about the whole thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah, by the way, I I used to see that referee in uh, Strike Force. I used to call him Yosemite Sam. He used to have the best. I mean, he still does, but he used to have an even better mustache. We Listen, open up. If I, 
change careers for the 700th time and start becoming a UFC referee. The mustache mm-hmm. is going full double braids, just like yeah. That. You, you, mu- you must do the Yosemite Sam mustache. All right, uh, so you open up with a handful of leg kicks there from Mr. Giles to Morales's le- uh, outside left leg. Return yep. of a left of a kick from Morales. Giles counters with a right. Ooh, speaking of which, Giles nails him and bounces Morales off the cage. Please. And I was thinking earlier tonight that there was a considerable lower number of kicks than I had anticipated. So I guess here we go. <laughs> they are tied up against the fence now. Uh, they are try- Morales is trying to turn away from the cage, uh, try to get free of Giles' grip. Giles is just... He's holding on to that right arm of Morales. He's going for a, ju- judo, yeah, a judo trip there, but Morales is able to block, and he's using the fence as leverage. I'm surprised how quickly uh, Giles went straight for the like the slow down on it. I thought he would have come out a little bit more explosive, try to get that win back right away. Well, he's clearly trying to take the guy down. I guess he figures that's where, um, yep, there he is. He finally got it. Mm. Gets the takedown off the fence, and it looks like he's in his half guard, Giles is. Giles is looking to pass. Come on now. Mor- All right, Morales spins him down. Now he's in Giles' half guard. Morales is trying to break uh, break free here. Yeah, Giles figuring, pretty patient. Guess he's figuring he doesn't really want to be on the ground with uh, with Giles. But Giles is hanging on to him. I mean, Giles has got a pretty good grip even off of his back there. And I, you know, and we've come a long way in MMA. You know, it's where it's recognized that if you you know you're attacking off your back, you're still attacking those. It's valid. This ain't wrestling. You can be on your back. It's fine. Yeah, um, as long as you're still putting up the. Be aggressive. They get back to their feet again, and now Morales has Giles against the cage. He's got his back. It looks like Morales was actually looking for a takedown there briefly. Yeah, this seems a little... I mean, good for Morales. Morales, I think you said that he was a less experienced UFC fighter, right? He, I'm just saying that he has a... Uh, he, I said he didn't have a Wikipedia page, hyperlink. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. But he was coming off a 12-0 and 0, uh, record. All right, I think they Morales finally break apart. Offensive. Uh, Morales with a half-hearted Superman punch. We are winding down. We have the less than two minutes left of this first round of three. So it looks like Giles is not particularly worried about Morales' power. He's yeah. sort of hung out there in the pocket. Morales threw some uh kind of half-hearted testing leg kicks nothing with a tremendous amount of power behind it and Giles will sort of shuck them off the pace definitely seems more tentative definitely feeling out to look for for that big opening to make it happen less of a less of an explosive barn burner than some of the, no. the lighter fights tonight up oh, Giles got caught and Morales is opening up wide on him he's throwing throwing a lot of punches there but oh Clock Giles right in the jaw. Down he goes. Morales is all over him like a cheap suit. It's the ground and pound from side control. 
And wow. yep, Yosemite Sam stops it. Woo! Right. <laughs> I would say Giles had that kind of well in hand until he didn't. I mean, he was kind, but he he wasn't the aggressor. I don't think. I think that he missed his opportunity. And Morales definitely took it. So I love this. He <laughs> he was getting beat upside the head. The referee stopped it. Uh, did a better job than than the referee earlier. And then the look on Giles' face, like ah, I could have kept going. Giles doesn't okay. even have his arm up on those last like six to eight punches. Like he doesn't even have, he's not even trying to protect himself. Yeah. Like I, all the credit in the world for trying to make a show of it, but no, you were done, dude. You're done. <laughs> um, all speaking of all the credit in the world, go Morales for staying composed in there. You know, yep. he got taken down once or twice. He got a hard shot at the beginning to set the whole uh, sequence of events off. And but he stayed with it. He didn't lose. He didn't lose control, and he was able to get a first round uh, TKO. So good on Morales. Family loving life, throwing him the flag. <laughs> Gotta have your national pride here at the Honda Center. Oh, look at that uppercut <laughs> in the replay. So yeah, here comes Giles. He's coming in with a right, and he gets clobbered dead smack in the middle of the face morales follows up throws a hook tags part of the arm going you know as he's throwing see okay i can see why giles is like i was protecting myself why'd you stop it but he uh, i think it's i think he's got to feel bad too because just before morales opens up on him giles did have a couple of good shots and morales looked like maybe he was shaking for a second mm -hmm. yeah I mean, I don't think they were un, un, until those very last sequence of uh, of punches. Giles was very much in the fight. I was actually going to start talking about, you know, as as it wound down, that you probably have to give that round to Giles until you couldn't. Somebody say, "Take him out." Morales literally gets <laughs> body checked off the off the cage. So, if you agree with that stoppage, if you liked it, go ahead and let us know. If you think it was BS and you're with Giles, like, hey, he was still in the fight. Go ahead and make a comment. Uh, you know, make your comments. Let us know what you what you're thinking about this. If you have any thoughts about the fights from earlier in the evening? We'll be happy to hear them. Uh, so that's it. That's our first fight of the evening. And now Michael Morales will talk to Joe Rogan as he wins at 4:06 round one. By that's going to be a for Giles. Oh, suck. <laughs> Uh, as the night progresses, we'll let you know about some other things we're doing here on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network on W2M. Uh, Dan Daniel Lazvi and I were just chatting before the before the live stream tonight about some more things we're going to be doing. We're we're broadening we're broadening our horizons here. You know, we started off just doing boxing. We're adding a little MMA to the mix now. And oh boy, in a few weeks, Daniel Lazvi is going to join me to do the Elimination Chamber from Saudi Arabia. So that'll be fun. But before that, before that, in two weeks, um, ne well, next week, next Saturday night, it's going to be the Podsman. It'll be Christian. It'll be uh, Chris Bailey and I doing the Royal Rumble alternative commentary. And I'll tell you what, Daniel Lasby, I'm a little sad about that. You want to know why I'm sad about that? Yeah. Because that same night, the very same night as the Royal Rumble, Don King is presenting a return yet again to greatness. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wanted to I mean, see the Trevor Bryan fight uh, that he was that's gotten the boxing world all in a uh, in an uproar again. Have you heard about this? 
A little bit, yeah. The only way that that gets better is if Don King is a mystery entry in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> the jet flies across the country. Don yeah, King. that's just just be there for the main event between the two. I think it's either cruiserweight or light heavyweight. So I don't remember. And um, and then jump on a plane real quick, and he's the number thirty entrant into the Royal Rumble. That would be yeah. fan freaking tastic. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So had we not been doing the Royal Rumble, I totally would have dragged you into a Don King affair, and it would have been glorious. Oh yeah, a return, I'm down for the Don. A return to greatness, absolutely. But alas, we'll be doing the Royal Rumble instead. And then uh, the week after that, we've got the Keith Thurman fight. And for those of you that don't know, we've been doing these live—not live streams. We just, we used to just record them and then release them after. But we've been doing these alternative commentaries for a number of years now. And there were two Keith Thurman fights. There was one against Manny Pacquiao. And then uh, there was another fight in recent history. We did alternative commentaries for both of those. They'll be released the weekend of the Keith Thurman-Mario Barrios fight. And Daniel Lasby and I will be bringing that to you live. We'll be doing a live commentary for that. And then the Elimination Chamber uh, a week or two later uh, uh, brought to you by the WWE Network and Peacock, depending on where it is you live in the world. So... Stay tuned for that. And then hopefully we'll get some really good fight announcements for March. Uh, either that or I'm going to have to like gift D- Daniel a, uh, a subscription to DAZN for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was all, speaking of which, I was already geared up to cover the Chocolito fight um, on March 5th. And that just got delayed today. Did you see that? Yeah, called off now, right? Called off yeah. until the summer. Yeah, I was bummed, man. I was looking forward to that one. I'm generally not a, a lighter white weight class guy, but the the two fights I've seen uh, previously between those two were pretty killer. Right on, man. Yeah, the light, the technicality of the light fighters is incredible. Mm-hmm. When I see someone who's my size, then stand beside them afterwards, I'm like, oh, it, they're the size of a child. <laughs> yeah, it messes with my brain. But until then, they're very, they're very skilled. Yes, when the camera is very close up on them, they look like absolute killers. And like you yeah. pan back. And they're standing with the, you know, you know, whoever's like doing the announcement. You're like, Oof. well, you're still a better fighter than me, so that's fine. That's true. <laughs> uh, all right. So while we're waiting for the next uh, fight to begin, so you, how long are you watching the UFC for? So I used to watch it when it first started regularly, and mm-hmm. especially like I said, Pancrase. I was big into Pancrase with mm-hmm. uh, with Ken Frank Shamrock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Lions then, that was like, that was the bee's knees. And then I got out for a while. So I caught some fights here and there. Like I checked out Brock Lesnar for a while when he was in there. And I checked out, uh, you know, JS, GSP. Mm-hmm. Boy, you got to you gotta be a fan of him as a champion. Mm. Uh, but then I kind of slipped, I slipped back out of it for a while. I just didn't, uh, I couldn't keep up with Dana's 200 fights in one way or another a year. <laughs> <laughs> it got a little overwhelming, especially like if you're um, like a multi-sport person, it's a little hard to keep up on all of this. I think like tonight was this, there was a death match wrestling show tonight. There was some, there were football games going on. Uh, Robert Winfrey, friend of the show, co-host of damn you Hollywood and a pretty cool fruit really knows where his towels at. He's currently doing live cover, live written coverage for four one mania.com. He's uh, absolutely an MMA expert, much more uh, by a hundred leagues more than I am. And he's saying the UFC schedule is designed to burn you out. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) 
Uh, and he would know because he has to cover this stuff for a living. <laughs> Every last well, I fight. I hope he gets to back away and just be a one-sport guy. Uh, yeah, well, you know, no. Well, it depends on how you consider professional wrestling because Robert... <laughs> because Robert got roped into um, covering wrestling after uh, an unfortunate tragedy a few years ago um, when 4-1 Wrestling's Larry Zonka pa suddenly passed away, who covered every single wrestling event on Earth. Oh, God. <laughs> trying, to, trying to make up for that was a multi-man job, and Robert became part of the team co covering those. So he does coverage for, um, I think it's uh, AEW... Uh, elevation he just smacked down on friday he covers mlw and then occasionally against his better judgment and killing a little bit of his soul he covers uh he covers uh monday night raw and i know when he covers monday night raw because i could actually hear part of his soul die from utah yeah you try to capture it in a jar to give it back to him on tuesday yeah um you know i, I i'm out there with my butterfly net and I can see, you know, I see his pain soul ascending to heaven. And I'm like, come back here. He needs that. I mean, so. listen, when, when Freddie Prince Jr. is giving you a hard time and as fans, <laughs> you're like, maybe Freddie should go back. <laughs> a hard time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, but that's okay. We'll talk all about that in a few weeks at the Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia. Um, so speaking of the UFC... Uh, the next UFC event, which we won't be covering, but Robert will be, um, will be UFC Fight Night uh, Hermanson versus Strickland, and that is February fifth, twenty twenty-two. This is what I was saying before. You know, it's when if you watch boxing, the UFC, and wrestling, my God, it take you know, there, there's always something going on every weekend. It's kind of hard to know, and then God forbid you watch football. Um, it's you know, there's or basketball. There's always like something going on on Saturday nights. It's hard to know what to pick. That's why we, that's how we landed on this one because um, there was a boxing there's a boxing match tonight I think on Showtime, but I was like, yeah, I'd rather watch the heavyweights in the UFC. I know that's what got me into it. I was a uh, I was a Brock Lesnar guy, and I th actually the very I my friends and I had my friends had been telling me I should get into the UFC like way back in the day, uh, so I missed a lot of like the Tito Ortiz um, era, that the early UFC stuff. I'd seen. I'd seen the pre Fertitta uh, Brothers stuff. I'd like I'd gotten the UFC uh, VHS tournament tapes, stuff like that. You know, stuff with Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie, all them. The one where like the cop won the it tournament as an alternate, <laughs> things like that. So like like way early UFC. And then when the Fertitta Brothers took it over, I kind of stopped watching for a while. And then um, when Brock Lesnar showed up in the UFC for a brief spurt. Uh, that's when I got back into it again. So I think the I think other than the Brock Lesnar uh, Frank Mir fight, which is I think what started me off, the very first one I bought where I was like dead set on watching every pay per view was actually uh, Diego Sanchez versus BJ Penn. That sure. was a fun fight. And yeah, I, I, I even I used to write for Four One Mania for a while. I used to do the coverage. Infamously, I pissed off the entire MMA community once because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I'll tell you. Well, we're waiting for the next fight here, and we are gearing up for uh, Cody Saman versus Saeed Nurmagomedov in the bantamweight division. That should be a fun fight. But I'll quick tell you this story while we're waiting for them to get in the cage. 
So it was the Ronda Rousey, I think it was the first ever Ronda Rousey Liz Carmouche fight in the UFC. So the first fight that since she came over from Strike Force. Yep. And the marketing of that fight was very much focused on Ronda Rousey. And like Liz Carmouche might as well have been called Pig Hostage. It's like <laughs> <laughs> she was not so much a person as she was like nameless henchmen that Ronda Rousey had to take out. That was how they marketed that fight. You remember, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, for there was a quite a while there where like Ronda could do no wrong, even if she mm -hmm. wasn't very good at a fight. <laughs> yeah. No, I have a look, man. She won most of those fights in the first round and usually in the first few seconds of the first round. Sure. So good. You know, I have, I take nothing away from Ronda Rousey's talent. It seems a little insane, but you know, aren't we, <laughs> we all go a little crazy sometimes. In any she's case, a good package, though, right? she was what? She's a good package. She's an Olympian. She's no, yeah. an American. Like she's Dana White salivated when he had the opportunity to market yeah, that. She was the perfect person to bring over the women's division into the UFC. No doubt about that. And I really don't take too much away from Ronda Rousey. But and and after this fight, I didn't feel the way I felt about that one. And here's why what I'm talking about. The marketing on that fight was again less about the competition between ronda rousey and liz carmouche and more about the fact that ronda rousey was a girl so i can't remember i saw something and, and it made me laugh and i and from that point on i just kept referring to the fight as hooray for boobies and i i like we did a podcast review of it and that's what i called it the graphic i used was like you know a big blow up of like ronda rousey and like liz carmouche was like this big <laughs> and people didn't seem to enjoy my editorializing yeah. of the marketing of that fight, or they didn't get it, one or the other. Well, Either way. You, uh, maybe didn't make any friends. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> maybe, though, somewhere John Stewart was like, that's the guy. That's the next guy we need for the writer's room. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not not the right person for the for the Daily Show. As this fight gets ready to start, by the way, I just want to say, Saeed is the world's skinniest Neanderthal, and I'd see no way that he's going to win this match. <laughs> he has a pronounced chin, for sure. <laughs> I was so busy telling you the story, I didn't even look at him. And then when you said that, I was like, oh, you're not wrong. Yeah, he's going to eat this person after this fight. <laughs> oh, poor, Cody's poor got Cody. his nice little, like, uh, Spartan saying, like, over my dead body or whatever it is on his <laughs> on his chest and mm -hmm. so you're gonna eat that first it's gonna be amazing <laughs> uh poor cody he's in for poor a long cody. night or a short night that he's not gonna remember who knows he had some nice talking points earlier in the night and i was like okay okay he doesn't look uh he doesn't look thrilled to be in the cage with a guy who looks like he might have lived in the woods his first 15 years <laughs> that he clubs his own dinner oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Nurmagomedovs of the of the flying Nurmagomedovs. They are a tough bunch. All right. Here we go. Round one of this bantamweight fight. Oi! <laughs> Nurmagomedov with the inside kick there and a hard right hook. Oh, spinning back fist. Spinning kick. Yikes, almighty. Light the fire. Light the fire. Dinner's on. <laughs> Inside leg kick there again from Magomed. Another spinning. This time he went for the spinning elbow. I don't think he got any of it, though. Cody uh, Staman takes the opportunity to grab the single leg. Funny, I can say that now, and it'd be like an accurate thing, unlike when I say it in boxing. 
All right. And Nurmagomedov goes for the trip, takes Stemmon down, but he doesn't keep him there. Uh, Nurmagomedov, oh, he tapped. Good night, baby. Right? What's the time on that? 20, <laughs> 20 seconds? So I, I, I will usually portion out a three-minute clip. And I was thinking, like, oh, I should write down the time code because what Dan said about him being in the end of all was actually pretty funny. I, there's no point. <laughs> like, we took a breath and it was over. Yeah. And look at him. He just wipes his face. He's like, okay, now I go back to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> to steal the Picanic baskets. Well, like, the majority of these fighters, they come up, their team comes up. Their like girlfriend comes in. She does her mm -hmm. good shot because she looks nice. There's she joins other. This is back this again. Saeed's gonna put his sweatshirt back on, wander back out. I don't know. Maybe sleep in his car. Who knows? <laughs> well, if he's sleeping in his car, that's sad. Especially for a big win like that. Yeah, he will. We see the as we see the replay there. Cody was hanging on to that leg for dear life, but you know it was not a great idea because uh, Nurmagomedov rolled through and he got him. Like I was going to say, Cody's holding the like holding the center. So I was going to say, okay, well he's he's holding ground, but that didn't last. <laughs> no, sir. Well, that's the second fight in the books, and I am going to take this opportunity to do something I don't normally get to do on the boxing podcast and actually plug one of our sponsors. Hey. Um, you know, I and it's so funny because like normally i do one of my funny awkward transitions to grammarly when we do this and but you know there is no writing to be had here I, there's no grammarly's not going to make any of this better but it's still a useful tool grammarly's ai powered products help people communicate more effectively grammarly helps you write mistake free on gmail facebook twitter linkedin and nearly anywhere else you write on the web grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar punctuation spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors Improving your vocabulary and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. And that's one down, one more to go. There you go. Grammarly's going to be able to make a nice write up about this. Sure. You're going to write a full paragraph, and Grammarly's <laughs> going to say, no, no, you needed seven words. Here's how it is. <laughs> Maybe, maybe don't use the word Neanderthal. Grammarly's going to say, maybe don't use the word Neanderthal. Yeah, that's probably not appropriate, they're going to say. They're going to say, <laughs> you should use pronounced brow. I love that one of the, I, I love that the one of the sponsors on his shirt is crypto.com. Right? <laughs> wow. Fantastic. Um, all right. So going back to the calendar here for those of you that are into the boxing that we do. Told you about the Keith Thurman fight that same night uh, on DAZN is going to be Jesse Vargas versus Liam Smith, uh, according to my records here. Um, unfortunately, that so the next UFC pay per view is UFC 271, and that's February 12th, according to my calendar. Uh, during the day in the UK is going to be Daniel Jacobs versus John Ryder on DAZN. That's going to be a really fun fight. I will unfortunately be at work. Um, we have a, we have a UFC fight night 202. Uh, plus, we also have Amir Khan versus Kel Brook. That's going to be on pay-per-view in the middle of the day, the same time as the aforementioned Elimination Chamber. Um, on February 26th, we have Roger Gutierrez versus Chris Colbert on Showtime. Uh, I'm on the wrong page. There we go. Um, we have UFC Fight Night 203. And then we have Josh Taylor versus uh, Jack Catterall. 
uh, which will most likely be on DAZN, but it's showing up on my calendar as Sky Sports. If you can get a hold of that, if you can get, if you can, or if you're able to watch that fight uh, through like you know American Pay Per View or DAZN or ESPN or wherever whoever's carrying at the time, absolutely check that out. Josh Taylor's a killer. Um, on a special Sunday show, that's one kind of bum that I'm working for because I, I this is one of the ones I would have called. Uh, Lawrence Oakley is defending his title against Michael, uh, I think it's pronounced C-Slack on DAZN. That's going to be a really fun fight. I've been following Lawrence Oakley for a little while now. He's good. I'm, I'm hoping to see him get some stiff competition this year. Maybe uh, get into a unification title fight. Um, and then March 5th, uh, right now, well, there's nothing because uh, they just called off the Chocolito fight. Um, and hopefully some more... I keep waiting for them to announce anything, anything at all with Tyson Fury. Maybe he fights Tillian White. Maybe he fights Usyk. That's the last thing I heard is that they're going to, you know, they may be looking to give Dillian White some step aside money as well as Anthony Joshua to do Tyson Fury versus um, uh, Usyk next, which I don't think that's going to happen. It is the, uh, it's the Tyson, what's his brother's name? Is that fight with the the Paul boy rescheduled yet? No. Um, right now, it hasn't been formally announced, but the last thing I'd heard was um, Chavez Jr., I think. They were trying to make that fight. I think Jake Paul's done with Tommy Fury. Uh, this is not the first time they've had to cancel a fight between those two. So mm-hmm. I have a so I don't think he's interested in doing an, scheduling another fight with him. That's the last I heard, at least. So we'll see. We shall see. Um, they're showing a commercial now for the book of Boba Fett. Have you watched any of this yet? Oh, man. The only one I haven't watched is the one that just came out on Wednesday Pass and only because my wife was now. Oh, uh, you watch it with her? Yes. Yeah, so my wife has never successfully stayed awake through any Star Wars movie. Oh, her and my wife should go bowling. Yeah, never once, not a single one. And a couple of them we've tried to watch more than three times. Um, <laughs> but The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, she's all in. Okay. So I haven't watched the la- the latest episode just yet, but let me let me ask you this. What's your, your take on, so you're of a vintage that would have grown up with the original appearances of Boba Fett in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. yep. where he is an undisputed B.A., Badass of the century. Okay. How do you feel about this calmer, kinder, gentler Boba Fett? Well, unfortunately, I haven't seen a single episode of the show yet. Oh my god, You're killing me! <laughs> I I watch them when they all drop. Like it, it's it's so hard because like in every chat I'm in, you know, I'm on social media a lot, especially for all the stuff I do for podcasting, and people talk, people talk and dissect and deconstruct every episode of everything as it drops to the sure. point where like like i'll go to sleep and wake up and people are already talking about like the new episode of hawkeye or the new episode of boba fett or something and i'm like how y'all have jobs does everybody work from home now <laughs> what what am i the only one that has to leave his house to go get a no, paycheck? No, I'm with you, i got <laughs> how the hell do people have that much time on their hands so but even uh <laughs> But I uh, I tend to watch things when they're done. Uh, so does Robert. You want to be able to marathon the whole thing and know what happened. Yeah, like I watched Hawkeye in one setting. Uh, it was great, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, in fact, we just did a review on it myself, Ronnie Adams, and Al Sedano of the uh, Warlock and Thanos podcast. 
and we had a good time. Um, I thought the show was good. I had a lot of positive things to say about it. But yeah, I watched that all like in an afternoon. Same thing with like Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Wanda. WandaVision, I watched a little bit more broken up just because I'd started it like late in the evening and I watched part of it at work. Yeah. Uh, they just showed an advertisement for UFC 271. That's kind of a, that's a good fight. That's uh, Adesanya versus Whitaker too. Bobby Knuckles, baby. Woo. <laughs> I won't be watching though. <laughs> That is February 12th, and the reason I won't be watching that is because I'll be home watching uh, Marry Me. That's what I'll be doing. Have you seen, you know what that is yet? You know what the, oh. uh, Marry Me is? No. Marry Me is a Jennifer Lopez, um, Owen Wilson movie that uh, Universal's putting out, and I believe yeah. they're doing it now day and date on Peacock in theaters. It's uh, adapted from a comic book about a pop singer who marries a guy in the crowd, and hilarity ensues. okay that's a thing he's sitting there going you haven't watched boba fett but you're gonna watch marry me got it okay no i mean listen you do you it's fine i might rewatch the witcher instead but marry me it is uh we did the witcher we covered it i watched the wheel of time today uh or or rather i had it on while i was arguing with your best friend chris bailey (laughs) (laughs) who was utterly distracting me from it sounds about right uh, we have a bunch of people watching on various platforms, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Twitch. If you guys want to leave a comment, you want to interact with us while we're waiting for the next welterweight fight to get into the cage, be your guest. We're happy to interact with you. Uh, right now, like I said, we're just kind of, you know, I do my best to fill up the time here. It's a little, I, I was telling Daniel, when we did these in the past, I used to be able to stop the recording so I wouldn't have to just ramble in between fights. <laughs> But uh, this is a live stream, so it's a whole other format that I'm still kind of getting used to. With boxing, it's like we turn it on right before the fight starts. We watch the fight, and the fight's over. We stop. I don't have to feel. I don't have to fill too much time. But uh, hey, trying something new here tonight. I mean, listen. Here's your next option. You watch Marry Me. You get <laughs> the to come on. You be Owen Wilson, and he can be Jennifer Lopez. You do a 30 to 50 second like scene from the show. That 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 hey, uh, that's that's an interesting idea. The next time we do one of these UFC pay per views, in between, I'll just start doing you know Listen, line readings for movies. Drop the wig and dress off for him to be Jennifer Lopez. I can make that happen for you. Robert Winfrey helping me out with things to talk about here says a large amount of first round finishes do make these broadcasts drag. You ain't kidding, Buster. <laughs> um, have do you remember? Because again, you've been in and out of watching the UFC, and I remember distinctly. Uh, this is going to be old man remembers UFC stuff and eventually calls a fight. But I remember watching the, and Robert knows the pain of this, the ultimate fighter finale broadcast. Sure. Where time stopped. <laughs> like, just, there was so much dead time between those fights and yeah. then between like the awarding of the trophy and everything. <laughs> There's yeah. Robert. In the, oh, F my life. You, you ain't kidding, buddy. It was definitely the fact that the the guy who had to present the trophy was like, okay, well, there's eight rounds. And so he's taking his time, probably having a beer, chatting up, <laughs> like missing something to him. The fight is over in four and a half seconds, and they're like, hey, now to present the trophy. He has to run back to the trophy, <laughs> then like carry it from the other side of the arena. And they're like, no, 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 you got to take it out on the golf cart. And so he was like, where's the golf cart? Yeah. Yeah. 
I used to like watching the the Ultimate Fighter on uh, on Spike. I mean, those were some fun seasons. The season with Brock Lesnar was hilarious. The season with Ronda Rousey and and Misha Tate might have been the best trash TV I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Those two women, yikes! I, I after that was over, I needed Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate to like do a podcast together or something. Well, like <laughs> if you recall, transitioning to wrestling and then back. Yeah. When Ronda Rousey left WWE in order mm-hmm. to like prep that relevancy for her inevitable return, her troll game is just on top of the world. Let me tell you about Ronda Rousey's troll game because I don't know how many people were watching Ronda Rousey in Strike Force, but she started in Featherweight and she was on a couple of what Strike Force was basically the equivalent of their showbox card. Uh, which I do not remember the name of anymore, but I covered a bunch of them. So like her and Dan Cormier were the people they were pushing on those like strike force um, uh, showbox cards. Yep. And she wins a fight. She, I think it was, it wasn't Juliana Pena. It was, um, uh, gosh, I can't remember the woman's name, but she mangled her arm as, <laughs> as Ronda Rousey is prone to do. Sure. And um, Julia Budd, that's who it was. Challengers. Okay. Thank you, Robert. So, yeah, it was the Challengers card. So she mangles Julia Budd's arm, something awful. Like, it looked ridiculous. Yep. And then she's like, now, mind you, like I said, she has not fought a single bantamweight fighter. She has just massacred every featherweight that's gotten in her way. Sure. And then she gets on the mic and she's like, I ch- I'm challenging Misha Tate for the bantamweight title. At which point, every woman in the Strike Force bantamweight division was like, Brack? you know, and he- <laughs> <laughs> huh? Sorry, what? <laughs> Meanwhile, there's Cyborg just waiting in the wings, you know, like, hey, any day oh, yeah. now. And, and like Ronda Rousey's like salivating. She's <laughs> yeah, like, like let's let's come on, not since Gina Carano. Let's do this. Yeah, Ronda Rousey Cyborg. And Ronda Rousey's like, but Misha Tate. And yeah. <laughs> Misha Tate's like, there's a line, bitch. <laughs> you know, and and so like, Ronda no. Yeah, Ronda Rousey doesn't doesn't truck with no lines. No. So the best part about this, this is what I was getting to. Um so Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate, I think both go on Ariel Hawani's show, the the MMA Hour. Yeah, this was the funniest that I can remember. This I it, I know how I remember how funny it was because they are they had a debate about whether or not Ronda was worthy enough for a title after not fighting anyone in the bantamweight division. And Ronda Rousey was like, "I've murdered everyone that I've ever fought. There's no reason to not." There's no reason to not give me a title fight. And Misha Tate's like, try fighting in your own division first. And Ronda Rousey's like, basically said, and I think this might have also led to why I was like doing the hooray for boobies thing when she got to the UFC. This is it's all Ronda's fault. She's like, I'm hot, you're hot, we're the two best fighters in Strike Force. We should fight. Sound logic. Getting his phone, call him now. <laughs> how much is how much is Ronda Rousey's contract? How much is Strike Force? I don't, Strikeforce? I don't <laughs> care. That's a better I, deal. I yeah, just whatever. Like, how can I buy Showtime? What what is for sale here? It's the equivalent of Manny Pacquiao in his first like fifteen or twenty fights, where he just kills everyone, mm-hmm. all up and being like, "All right, so uh, I need a super heavyweight fight for the belt." <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, what? Brack. So anyway, Ronda Rousey was so funny on that show. And the the line that really got me was, you know, Misha Misha goes on this long tirade about, like, you should earn your title shot. You shouldn't be skipped to the head of the line because you're the most 
marketable fighter. And Ronda Rousey's like, I'm here to make money. If you don't want to make money, go be in the Olympics. I did. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, facts, Ronda Rousey. Well done. Okay. okay. That's, that's fair. It was such a Scott Hall moment. You know, you either make friends or make money. I've got friends. I'm here for the money now. Yep. It was one of those moments for Ronda Rousey. So, yeah, she she was hilarious. Um, but, and then, you know, but that, of course, started the animosity between those two. And it carried all the way over into them being coaches sure, on sure. the Ultimate Fighter. And you really got to see their crazy come out. It was very entertaining. Makes for great TV. <laughs> it certainly did, Ollie. Um Gotta write that down in case I want to use that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that long and winding story time with Mark Rattledge, uh, Robert, as I was telling that story, weighed in with this. It's a shame that we never got to see Ronda and Cyborg. Hey, Cyborg's still fighting. Yeah, man. <laughs> maybe I maybe. think Ronda. Everybody is- comes out of retirement from Mike Tyson to Roy Jones. You know, everyone. Every you know what do you call it? The, there's that triad combat now where everyone currently in retirement is fighting. Oy, have you seen I that? I think Ronda's pretty smart. I think she's like, Chris Cyborg right now, she's psycho, and I haven't fought anyone in five years, ten years. <laughs> maybe no. <laughs> My husband can fight her. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Cyborg. Um, I think Cyborg's still stri- fighting for Strike Force last time I checked. I, mean, I don't know. I haven't watched Strike Force in a dog. Not Strike Force, Jesus. Bellator. I know, haven't watched Bellator in a dog's age. That's just right. She's a killer man. <laughs> Jason Teasley telling me not to sing. Was I singing? I didn't, I didn't think if I was you singing. Didn't yet, you probably should. <laughs> I'm, maybe. Maybe maybe in between. The, maybe if this is another first round knockout, we'll just start doing karaoke. <laughs> I feel like half this card tonight was like, let's find somebody who's pretty and somebody who just looks crazy. And let's put them <laughs> That's, that's, that's Michael Pierre is halfway to Sean Spears. Andre Fialo is like, <laughs> no one loves me. Oh, and Yosemite Sam is back. Yosemite Sam is back. He's like, I can't wait to body check somebody else into the cage and stop this fight. <laughs> Who won that fight? Joey Beltran did. <laughs> All right, here we go. We are ready to start this uh, welterweight fight, the third fight of the main card this evening. We hope you are enjoying our commentary, those of you watching on social media. All right. And Fieo comes in, throwing rights and lefts. Pereira circles away. Yep. <laughs> Fieo tried for a kick there. Uh, Pereira dodged and nearly hit him in the back of the head. Pereira's a big time dancer, right? He likes to muck around. Yeah. I, Robert mentioned that, but at least he wasn't dancing his way to the ring this time. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, good to have you aboard, Robert, with your insights. And if you're enjoying Robert's insights, you want to check out his writing, go ahead, go over to 401mania.com, where he also does a podcast where he analyzes MMA, and it's very, very good. The 401 Ground and Pound radio show. Superman Punch. Pereira comes roaring across the cage. He's had a couple of those. Yeah. He did, he's, he's done a couple backflips in fights, too, I think. Pereira I mean, circling his ability and... gears is pretty great. Pereira circling along the cage there. Fieo is uh, not really engaging anymore. Not like he was. No. He's definitely just holding ground if he can and just following along. I don't know that that's a great strategy. 
especially because Pereira seems to be able to go from like stop to go. Yeah. He seems like he has a, a more more dynamic fighting style, which might be the thing. He might, you know, he might be trying to bait Vieo into coming in so mm-hmm. that he can counter. Up, oh, nope. He just caught one off of Fiejo and bounced off the cage, but Fiejo didn't follow up. He just sort of let him do it. Missed opportunity. Absolutely. A lot of circling. A lot of circling. A lot of a lot of energy. Well, not quite Alexander Houston level of circling against Kimbo Slice, but you know, definitely some circling here. That's true. And not as smooth, actually, like the, the Henry fight earlier in the night. Henry's mm-hmm. doing a great job for his first his yeah, first front, fight being able to roll out of things. Front kick from Pereira, Fieo counters, leg kick from Pereira. Too a little too tentative, I think, for Fieho. Not really loving him in the first round. I mean, he it doesn't feel like he's commanding the pace for sure. The front kick there from Pereira. At this point, you're not winning this round on, on points. Fieo okay. oh, finally backed him into the cage and he got a good strike on him, but he again he he let him circle out. He's not really pressing when he gets the advantage. He's gotten it quite a few times here. Yeah, he's he's caught Pereira. Uh, Pereira doesn't look like he's got his legs totally under him. And maybe that's maybe that's what Fiero was thinking. He's like, he's a guy who moves around a lot. I only have to catch a couple of big shots. Mm-hmm. Wait for your opportunity. Yeah, he, he has three rounds to work, so there's no need to rush and do something stupid. Because yep. this, this guy looks, Pereira looks like he's the type who will make you regret it if you give him half a chance. But I'd like to see Fieo maybe try to cut the cage off, not let him circle endlessly like he's been doing. Yeah, even get inside, get a couple of points. Like they don't have to be big shots, but like mm-hmm. Pereira is setting the tone with the number of connections right now. Big right from Fieo follows up with the left. Pereira half hearted shoot. Fieo shakes him off. Pereira, you doing? Looks like he kicked him in the balls there, but Fieu just shook it off. Gave him a little, gave him a little shake and a wink. Ooh, big right there from Pereira, just grazing Fieu. We are down to the last thirty seconds of round one here. Yeah, How about so that? Easy. How about that? We're actually going to get into the second round of a fight. Oh. And as I say that, as I say that, <laughs> it looks like Pereira threw a kick and just slipped, and now Fayo's all over him. He jinxed it. Yep. Oh, lots of blood coming out of Pereira's mouth and nose. It's funny. I was just about to say, like, Pereira's going to take the round just on contact, but. Well, he definitely takes the round. Last that 20 is, seconds, though. That's <laughs> 411 Manius Scott Kachowski would say when judging around, who don't you want to be in that round? Oh, God. I do not want to be Pereira. Yeah, no, his face is now 30% hamburger. <laughs> All natural, baby. 
Yeah, it looks like he got it. He's playing with his nose. It looks like he got caught in the nose a bunch of times. All right. So that was a good first round there for Fieo. Um, I do think he has to be a little bit more cautious in the sense of you don't want to let this guy run around the ring on you. You don't want to, and, and like, you don't want to lose it on points. Like, even though he had that hot 20 last second, Pereira got a lot of, he's got those front kicks in. He got some of those glancing blows on the lower. He came in with two or three big flurries. Like, All right, here we go. Round number two. As they advertise once again, uh, Adesanya versus Bobby Knuckles 2. See how Pereira shakes this off now. All right. And we see Pereira start off with a 1-2. Fieo counters with the right. Left, uh, straight left. Still not the pace that I would have thought. I thought it, I would have thought one of them came out a little bit more more explosive. Here's the other thing: neither one of these guys is trying to take this to the ground. Yeah. You know, we're not seeing a lot. We're, we're not seeing any kind of clinching. We're not seeing anyone shoot for a leg. It's been kind of a kickboxing match so far. Yeah. Three or four of those kind of matches tonight. Not a huge ton of submissions. Yeah. Up. Oh, Fayo got caught. All right. <laughs> you don't need to do a jumping knee at close range like that. You, yeah, no, jumped out of the that. goddamn cage. No, he needs a parachute. <laughs> this is his go-to. <laughs> close quarters combat, fella. I mean, it was nice. It was pretty to look at and everything, but it, you know, like he was like literally like a half a step away from him, and he does like you know, he's like Jordan, and like goes for this giant leap, and it's like Christ <laughs> Almighty, he's right in front of you. Oh. Look at that front roll kick there from uh, Pereira, which Fiero I shook mean, off, but it definitely like caught him in the head. Caught him in the head, and like it's pretty. Yeah, something you don't see a lot of in the UFC. When it happens, it look it looks pretty cool. Like yep. it looks like it might have cut him actually on that roll through. So Pereira using his movement to his advantage and picking his shots, and he's doing really well this round. Yeah, definitely taking the round at this point. So far, we are only uh, at three minutes here in the second round. I think this is where Fio has to pick it up, right? I think so. He's got to have some sort of counteroffensive here. Otherwise, yeah, because right Pereira... now Pereira's just really taking him apart here. Jumping knee there from Pereira, a little bit more composed and controlled this time. I'm not going to make fun of him. It was in a fairly effective knee. He's still kidding. Fieo is trying to fight out of this clinch, but Pereira is blocking him at every turn. Yeah. And this is where you talked about Fieo having to cut off, cut off the cage. Like Pereira's done a good job of getting him into one of the angles and holding mm -hmm. him there. All right. Pereira's now working him against the cage. I'll be curious to see what he does here if he, you know, because he's been halfway effective this round on his feet. Yeah, you just let him go. Yeah. Nice little Capoeira kick there from Pereira. <laughs> he was practicing that in his warm up. Yep. 
He does have a he does have an interesting style between like the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu slash Capoeira and like kind of that Muay Thai with the knees. Mm-hmm. All right. So he's dangerously close to kicking Fierro and right in the balls. Yeah. That was a lazy front kick. <laughs> That's, that'll be the second time if he connects. Yeah. Oh, knee to the body from Pereira. Pereira, uh, Fieu catches him back. And then Pereira uh, lays in a few more strikes before they break apart. Fieu got to get his hands back up. He's looking a little tentative now. A lot of movement still from Pereira. He still seems mm-hmm. pretty fresh despite, you know, he's, he's taken a fair fair amount of hits that, uh, between the first two rounds. Yep. And we are down to the last minute of round two. <clears throat> See, neither one. See, I know you don't want to go Donkey Kong and go crazy, but I would like to see them do a little bit more follow up when they're clearly connecting. You got to press your advantage. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go all Pat Barry, Chuck Congo in there and then lose the fight, but <laughs> maybe throw more than one or two punches at a time. Like I Especially think maybe, when you're connecting. Maybe at this point for Fierro, he's just he's just concerned that if he misses. Mm-hmm. Pereira's been so fluid on shifting well, that gear that he's I, I tell you, that's what I'm talking Oh, Pereira with the big double leg takedown. That's what I like to see. And Fierro is looking is looking like he's dangerously getting out of gas. Yeah, no. He's doing some he heavy breathing there. He he does not want Pereira all over him like this. Because Pereira doesn't have any time to work now, but it sucks to have a guy just kind of sitting on you, even for the last 10 seconds or so. All right, I'm gonna have to give that round to Pereira. What do you think? Definitely, 100. Especially watching that last 10 seconds, Fio is just like, "Yeah, I know he's at a gas. Yeah, he's waiting for the. He's waiting for. He heard the block. He's waiting for the timeout. But mm-hmm. you're you're not winning any judges over. You just look like you're hanging out. Yeah. All right, we move into round three now. The final round of this fight. We're one and one. So whoever wins this round takes it, takes the whole kit and caboodle, unless there's you know, some Canelo-ish cards, some clucky. Considering was so bloody after that first one, feels like, oh yeah. So Daniel, you're a part of the Rattle Legend Broadcasting family now. I have to teach you something. I have to teach you about the legend of clucky. I'm super afraid. <laughs> so... We, we have a saying here. Uh, you know, in boxing, we talked about the cards are pre-written in favor of Canelo, even if he's not fighting. In, 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 in MMA, one of the judges is always a giant chicken. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whose name is Clucky. Sure. And so if there are some screwy cards, we know Clucky has been selected as one of the judges for the evening. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So we'll see if Clucky rears his head tonight. So far, Clucky hasn't had a chance. Well, yeah, thankfully. <laughs> All right, Fieo picking up the pace here. You know, you know, it, yep. Um, we're starting to see some uh, Twitter uh, comments as they're flashing on screen on ESPN, and everyone's got it 1919. Yeah, I don't so, know that. Dude. Though don't somebody gave him that. a 10 8 round. I don't yeah. agree with it. There's no uh, chance. No, I don't think it was 10 8. But Pereira can start the round, give him a little pat on the back, trying to encourage him to be okay in this round. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're starting to see a little bit more urgency from both guys. 
Especially Fierro. Fierro. Fierro so far is pressing his advantage in this third round. At the very least, he doesn't want to go down to a decision having not given it every opportunity, taking advantage of every opportunity that he can to do what he can in this fight. Definitely pressing better. Mm-hmm. And Pereira just circling. And it's like, buddy, you're running out of runway here. Yep. And sweating like a government mule at this point. He's moved so much. Yeah. I mean, those are some pretty good leg kicks. And even if they don't look, even if they don't look like they're hard, you know, when you take them, you you can, it's a whole other kettle of fish. Yep. Um, but the sing, just throwing the leg kick out there with no follow-up is not going to do him a whole lot of good. No. But I mean, yeah. Fierra's still not pinning him to the cage. He's still circling. Yep. Uh, Pereira went for the takedown there and Fierro got, a, you know, was able to get away from it. He fell backwards, but he, uh, he wasn't, controlled in any way and they're back on their feet again i don't see fiero's got all the urgency in this round Pereira is doing the same thing he's been doing for the previous two yeah and it's not great holds fiero in place yeah and i'm I'm surprised to your point that fiero hasn't gone to the ground at this point at this point he should be trying to shift the plan right Mm mm-hmm I think both of these guys are looking for that flash knockout and I'm, you know, you can't force that. You know, I, I know it looks cool in the highlight reel. That's the, your opportunity to win more money for, you know, performance bonus and all of that. But if it's not coming naturally, you can't force it. You end up giving away the whole fight. Right. And if you take a loss, on just hoping for that big slug. Mm-hmm. Still a loss. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Go take him down, you know, Get in there, maybe clinch up a bit and try to uh, either try to trip him or shift to a single leg. I'm also surprised for these guys who are big strikers. Like, I haven't seen a lot of guys lock it up tonight and bring like those inside knees. Pereira was doing that a little bit, but it was more of the jumping knee variety. But you're right. He was yeah. he wasn't doing any kind of like Muay Thai, you know, control of the head and then you know thrust knees into the into the abdomen. That uh, Thai plum. I'm yeah. forgetting my fight vocabulary. Mm. Pretty good left there from Pereira. Didn't get all of it though. Diego's running out of time. In a hurry. I don't know how to call this one. Like I liked Fieo there for a little bit, but Pereira had, you know, definitely had some hard hits. I'd almost want to call it a draw. Yeah, I'd love to see the contact count because it's it feels like Pereira's throwing more shots, both in mm-hmm. the kicks and the punches. They're not great shots, but they're still connecting. And Fieo did have that, like you said, he had that brief spike, but now he's just pacing again. We're down to the last 30 seconds of this fight, gentlemen. Oh, third time's the charm. <laughs> the one in a million shot, Luke Skywalker. Right. <laughs> right in the hose. Boom. There it is. All foot and heel. So yeah, so not only did he get did, did he get his crotch, 
but he got his toes up in the in, in the valley too. Just that whole area got booted in. Oh yeah. One, he two, three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now a lesson in in cups from Joe Rogan. Deep deep breathing. Deep breathing. <laughs> All right. He shook it off. We're ready to go. Of all the things that Joe Rogan sponsors, I'm surprised he doesn't have his own line of jocks at this point. Yeah, really. He's only been talking about it for up teen years. Yeah. All right. Fieo, um, knowing that uh, time is of the essence here, is trying to change. And then Pereira still, and I don't want to say it this way, but Pereira's just running away from him, circling, circling, circling. It's like, dude, you... <laughs> Quit circling, quit jumping. <laughs> oh, now they're going Roadhouse. Here we go. And that's the end. I don't think and we so. go to the judges' scorecard. I don't think Fio did enough. I think Pereira takes it. You think so, huh? I don't I know, think, man. I think Fio had to take the whole of that round, and he spent too much time where he slowed right down. I would not be completely surprised to see this go to a... Uh, a split draw. Yeah, okay. I I don't think either guy did enough in that last round to really wants tilt to it one way or the other. The, uh, I'll, be, I'll be curious to see what Robert Winfrey thinks, you know, as he had to watch this with a uh, acute eye, see which one uh, he gave it to. But I'm standing firm on my draw card, my draw scar card. Okay. I think and, you're, and, you're, and you're giving it to Pereira? I think Pereira's got it. Okay. I think while he was definitely flamboyant mm-hmm. and a little uh, free with the midsection, mm-hmm. he was he was definitely the aggressor more often than not, and he definitely led the pace more often than not. For sure. If you're watching on Twitch, we'd love to know what you thought of this fight. Who did you who did you give it to in the uh, in the third round? Dying to know. Get some feedback here. <clears throat> I'm gonna pull. I mean, it's probably good they are welterweights. If, if Pereira was a heavyweight flying around like he did, either his knees would have been exploded by now, or the <laughs> other person is just full dead. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Let's go on Twitter and see uh, where people stand. Uh... <laughs> Wayne, Wayne on Twitter says Pereira is nuts. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, not wrong. Hello, not wrong. Um, Second okay. round is fifty-six to thirteen for significant strikes for Pereira. Okay. So I'm uh, I'm a few seconds behind, but according to fan cited MMA, uh, the U- official result is Michael Pereira defeats Fiao uh, via unanimous decision, twenty-nine twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, that's that's the way you called it. People are calling that the fight of the night so far. Interesting. Oh, I don't know that I would have said that. <laughs> entertaining, for sure. It was definitely entertaining. I mean, I'm not complaining about the fight. Yeah, I don't know if I would give it fight of the night, though. Uh, all right. So that's, so we are now past the midway point on this UFC pay-per-view. We are into our two title fights now. 
this could either go really, really fast or really, really slow. We've got two possibly 25-minute fights left. <laughs> There's a guy who I follow on Twitter who said that fight was the part of Mortal Kombat where you're just mutton, button mashing and hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> special, special, special. Um, yeah, that was a fun that was a fun fight, though. And Joe Rogan looking rough. Joe Rogan's not having a good time of things these days. Have you heard he got himself into a bit of trouble? I mean, I haven't, but my surprise level is pretty low. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into it because I don't want the demonetization bots on YouTube to, to hit us. But sure. it has to do with a certain... Uh, pandemic happening right now and Joe Rogan's advice not jiving with what the CDC is recommending. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, it's <laughs> Joe Rogan. I'm sure that his advice on many things is like, if you're just not feeling it, yeah, battery acid for a car will cure everything. <laughs> here's the thing. We live in a society where it's like, here's the CDC. They have a recommendation. Here's Joe Rogan. He calls MMA and is a comedian. He also has a recommendation. <laughs> also has a recommendation and there are guys of varying education levels going yeah joe rogan i'll i don't trust the cdc but this comedian who smokes a lot of weed <laughs> joe rogan 100 percent authority yeah um but hey you know i'm not here to tell people who they should listen to and who they should not you know religion's a personal thing yep for sure anyway <laughs> for sure <laughs> um is that Brie Larson? Oh my god! <laughs> I know a guy who absolutely hates Brie Larson. Just thinks she's the worst. I don't hate Brie Larson. No, Brie Larson's fine. Brie Larson's a yeah. Brie Larson's a hell of an actress. She just you know she unfortunately took a role in a in a uh, in a bunch of movies that um, <laughs> she was not appreciated by its audience. Yeah, you can't win. I mean, yeah. listen, it's like Gina Carano. I love Gina Carano. But mm -hmm. Gina Carano does an excellent job of pissing up a lot of people the majority of the time. To quote Sean Comer on this podcast, Gina, don't mess with the money. Gina, don't <laughs> mess with the money. Gina. 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 Gina, quit. For the love of Christ, stop messing with the money, Gina. All right, Gina, you're fired. I don't understand why they fired me. What did I do wrong? To the eighth time we told you don't mess cool. with the money. You had one job, Gina. <laughs> show, show up to your call time for the Mandalorian and don't mess with the money. All right. Here we go as we show some uh, backstage. <laughs> Are they fighting in a kitchen? <laughs> that, that doesn't look like a locker room. Yep, yeah, nope. Although I got to tell you, I'd be pretty upset if that was my change room and the cooler was entirely empty. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, of all the rooms in here, I got the kitchen and it didn't even get the full cooler. Come on, man. Can we not get water in here at the very least? What the hell, right. man? All right. All right. I am, while we take a brief hiatus here, I'm going to leave it to Dan. And I'm going to get myself a drink. How about that? Yeah, man. Make it happen. 
I'm going to call it the questionable choice of Modelo as a beverage. And I'm also going to point out that Figuero has a wonderful red stripe in his hair again tonight, although that's what he had in his hair when he lost the last match against Moreno. What you going to do? What are you going to do? Who knows? Maybe, maybe the right thing for Don King to do next would be to get Brie Larson and also get Gina Carano. And that's the fight that he for his liberty fight. I'm just saying, you got somebody from The Mandalorian. You've got Marvel Girl as well. Could be an incredible fight. Who knows? That's what I would think. What would you think? What I mean, would you say? Saying, we got Brie Larson and we had Gina Carano and we've already covered Don King. That's your celebrity fight night. <laughs> I don't like Brie Larson's chances in a real fight with anybody. She would literally oh, need to come. She'll tear yeah. your arm off. I was going to say, Brie Larson in a fight with any professional fighter, she's going to need the power cosmic to help her out because, look, I, I don't, I'm not going to shame her body appearance or anything. She's a perfectly wonderful actress and an attractive woman, but she's also, you know, a slight woman who in she's a real fight cool. looks like she would get her ass beat in. Mm -hmm. Which again, she's not a professional fighter, so why wouldn't she? Yeah, she makes she needs to make it look good. I was Absolutely. also saying though, Figueroa got that red stripe in his hair, and I don't think that's a good sign for him. That's what he had in his <laughs> hair when he lost the fight. Come on, man! It's all about the hair dye. Change up your game. <laughs> all right, if you're joining us here as we watch this uh, hype footage here for our flyweight title fight, we we'll go ahead and. Go back to my calendar. Here is if you're just joining us here for the first time on the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network, you're like, oh, what do these guys do besides hang out on Saturday nights and do live stream for fights? Well, we do a lot of movie and TV reviews, among other things. Um, we kicked off this week with a two-part retrospective of the Nightmare on Elm Street series that was Robert Winfrey and Sean Comer. That's up in the archives now. We reviewed Lordy, Abracadaver. You know what Lordy is, Daniel Lasby? I do. All right. Lorsby's fan. Lord, Lordy is fan. Lorsby. Lordy is fantastic. And so we're going one by one through their Lordyversity albums that have been dropping. So we covered yeah. Abracadaver this weekend. Uh, we reviewed Scream 2022 or Scream 5, however you like it. Um, we had re-airs of Ozark Season 1 and 2. Because Ozark season four part one just aired on Netflix. Another That's one I have. Season, right? Yeah, this is the last season. This is the first part of it. And don't ask me if I if I've liked it or if I've watched it because I haven't. <laughs> Jesse and I agreed to wait until the whole thing drops and then we're going to cover it. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, we did a super blog team up, uh, or there was a super blog team up, and it focused on the uh, great works of George Perez. We specifically compared his illustrated Co Logan's Run adaptation comic book to the movie from okay. 1976. That was a fun discussion. We had a good time on that. Uh, on the Source Material podcast, Jesse and Chris Armstrong looked at the first six issues of Brave and the Bold featuring Batman and Green Lantern. Uh, I, however, reviewed Hawkeye season one, assuming that's 
the whole season or not. They 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 say they're mini series and then they end up adding a second season, like Loki. Sure. Um, we re-aired our Battle Beast review, no more Hollywood endings. And then I did a double shot of live podcasts. First, I had my new best friend, Whitney Seibold from Critically Acclaimed. Uh, we had him on to do uh Mandy starring Nicolas Cage. Have you ever seen this? Have you seen Mandy? I don't think I've actually seen that movie. Imagine the heavy metal like comic magazine come to life and you're on acid. Sure. With Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, with Nicolas Ooh, Cage. Why not? Yeah. Like just like <sighs> imagine you did shrooms in a Dunkin' Donuts okay. and you were <laughs> and you were listening. <laughs> Inside yeah. the machine that makes Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Uh Robert Winfrey's description of it, acid-drenched revenge story, feral Nick Cage. So we hope you have sold you on Mandy. It's like Whitney Seibold's favorite thing of recent history. So if I brought I may, him on to talk about it. If I may, Robert, when is Nick Cage not feral? I'm just uh, National just Treasure. <laughs> Na- National Treasure and Gone in 60 Seconds, he was not feral. He may have been feral in bringing up. Hold on, hold on. Gone in 60 <laughs> Seconds. He actually has a stroke in the middle of the movie when he's like, let's ride. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. He, he's giving, so you, you've now tweaked Robert's nipples. He's now doing a list of things he's not feral in. Okay. He's, he, named Snake, you, he named Snake Eyes and Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Moving on from Nick Cage's lack of feral <laughs> okay well it definitely wasn't feral in willie's wonderland catatonic but not feral um okay okay that's fair all right moving on from this uh and then in the evening time i don't know if you've heard of this show but this thing is is nominated for awards it's it's just amazing writing it is all right robert we got it he's still going um <laughs> It's just it's just one of the great works of literature captured on TV uh, in our time. It's Dummy, starring Anna Kendrick. <laughs> you have no do you know what this is? No, but I know who Anna Kendrick is. It's Anna Kendrick palling around with Don uh, Dan Harmon's sex doll, and the sex doll talks to her and helps her through her mental health issues. And it's a meditation on feminism. It's fantastic. <laughs> you spend your your time in the most interesting ways. <laughs> if you can get a hold, if you can go on the Roku website and watch this, it's, you know, it's ninety minutes of your life. It's the best ninety minutes you'll ever spend. It's I mean, fantastic. listen, I was legit gonna pitch Steel Panther for your metal albums review section. We've done them all, but I feel like I'm swinging too low at this point. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, we've done like the last three, and we'll continue to do any more that come out. Uh, those are all up in the archives. Um, yeah, if it's if it's smutty, I'm pretty much pretty sure I've covered it. Sure, anyway, sure. so yeah, Dummy was fantastic. Uh, it was so funny because like I watched it with my wife, Jason watched it with his wife, and Jesse watched it with his. And two out of the three wives were like, "This is not for me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I thought you were going to follow up with like two out of three of us had to discuss divorce. <laughs> my wife thought it was great, but. You know, but I, listen, she's not perfect either. I, I, we watched Secretary last week, and she was like, "What is this artsy fartsy bullshit you're making me watch?" <laughs> I think it's James Spader like doing BDSM with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Where do you get artsy fartsy from this? And she's like, "Man, you and your independent movies." 
Oh, I like the money pit, is what she said to me. Um, so moving on. Um, so we so that's up in the archives now. We had a really fun discussion, uh, all things considered. And we had a re-airing today of our sex, drugs, and rock and roll uh review from a few years ago. That was me and Pat Mullen. We actually listened to <clears throat> we listened to the music in the show. We talked about the show. We kind of had like a metal hammer of doom slash TV party uh, split seven inch. It was a lot of fun. This week coming up on the Rattling Broadcasting Network, we have a comic script for The Kitchen. We compare the comic to the movie starring Melissa McCarthy. Uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I discussed the at the, the 2014 season finale of The Big Bang Theory. And then we went into a discussion defending the series from its detractors, many of which are my own friends. So uh, we so we spent an hour telling them they're wrong. It was fantastic. It was the best best hour I ever spent with my wife. Make it happen. Myself and Ronnie Adams are going to be doing a triple feature of the Power of the Dog, uh, the French Dispatch from Wes Anderson, and Cop Shop. Okay. And then the aforementioned Robert Winfrey and I will be doing a review of Munich: The Edge of War. Uh, we'll also be doing our end of the year wrap up. We're going to talk about all the money Spider Man made. All the money. <laughs> All of the monies. Uh, we may or may not be doing a live stream of AEW Beach Break. I know that I'm going to watch it because I want to see Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy in a lights out match. Those are always fun. Yeah, um, so if I can, if I can, if I can get someone to do a live stream with me of AEW Dynamite, uh, I'll do that. Otherwise, I'm just going to watch it. And then after which, myself, Jesse Starcher, and the Metal Coop, Robert Cooper, are going to review the Night Flight Orchestra, Air Romantic Two. Uh, the Mania of WrestleMania moves on. We've got we're up to 14, 15, and 60 now. Our WrestleMania 2000. We're going to be joined by a fourth person on the panel this time, Stuart Lang, formerly of 401mania.com. Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, and Pat Mullen and I are going to bring you all the stories throughout the Attitude Era, and we're going to talk a little bit about those WrestleManias in between. And then finally at night, myself and Ronnie Adams yet again will be reviewing The Wheel of Time from Amazon Music. And then over the weekend. So this will be fun, actually. Gavin Napier is going to come out Friday night, and we're going to watch the Royal Rumble 1992, just the Royal Rumble match itself. Uh, he's a Ric Flair, Ric, Ric Flair fan. His wish list was that someday we would do a commentary on the Royal Rumble. So we're going to do that, and that's because the Royal Rumble is the next day. So we'll be doing the Royal Rumble commentary, and then there'll also be a video games uh, trivia currently recording. It'll air uh, a week from tonight. So that's what's coming up in the immediate future on the Rattlegion Broadcasting Network. All right, Robert Winfrey is very excited. Woo, flyweight time. 90-pound guys whacking each other about the head. Fantastic. I mean, Maybe they're 115 pounds. Mark, let's talk here. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but the last time I was 90 pounds, I may have <laughs> been 10 years old. I was going to say, Reagan was in the White House. <laughs> Sure, tearing down <laughs> walls single-handedly. Nancy Reagan was telling us all to just say no to drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there may or may not have been a wall in Berlin. There definitely was. <laughs> yeah, flyweight. Um, hey, look, there's gonna be a lot of. If this is anything like the flyweight fights I've seen in the past, it's gonna be a lot of moving around. This is gonna be a frenetic fight, to say the least. Sure, I would. I would be moving around a lot more too if I weighed 90 pounds. Now they weigh 124 according to the UFC. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, okay. 
still 124. Exactly 124. <laughs> that must be their like wing and wing. 124. If a strong wind blows through, they're just gonna fly away to Oz. They're very muscular, though. No, no doubt. Look, like I'm sure they can kick my ass. I'm not 100%. commenting about their fight acumen one way or the other at this point. They cannot rock Bruce's blazer, but they can punch well. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here at the Honda Center, UFC 270. All right, Herzog. Make this happen, buddy. <laughs> Let's get on with it already. Wouldn't it be funny, though, after all that, after like, all right, let's settle in for a 25-minute decision here. Let's go. It's going to be like a flash knockout. Yeah, because... <laughs> Over in seconds. The first fight was was a big knockout, right? Uh, the Figueredo one was a knockout, and the one that he lost was the submission. You are... Uh, it was a submission. The last time they fought was June 12th through 2021. And um, uh, Figueredo lost by a rear naked choke. Yeah, that's the one Moreno won. Moreno yep. won with the submission. Yep. And before that, was a draw. Like, no, not the hair. <laughs> it's his only weakness. Come on, Samson. You've got this. <laughs> I mean, I will say this with no context whatsoever. Moreno looks focused and ready to go. Figueredo looks like he's hanging out at the 7 <laughs> Eleven. I, I think the word you're looking for is relaxed. Yes, yes, relaxed. Sorry, relaxed. <laughs> yeah, Moreno, or uh, yeah, Moreno looks like he is ready to just tear it up in there. He is very focused. <clears throat> All right, we are finally ready to begin as they take the center of the ring, the cage. Golden Boy on Twitter says the co-main is going to be a banger. Well, we hope so. Let's see it. Let's go. Let's get it. All righty. Brought to you by Manscaped. <laughs> All right, we are finally underway here. Top of the first round of this five-round title fight. All right, we've got some feigning going on. Kind of feeling each other out. Not us. Oh, we finally get some interaction. Figueredo goes for a kick. Follows with another one, does a spin a rooney, <laughs> spins around, pirouetting. Oh, Moreno caught him. Now they're clinched up against the fence. I mean, you got to think that's what Moreno wants. He wants to go for that naked choke, make it happen again. Absolutely. Figueredo. Trying to figure out what to do next here. He's just sort of hanging on to Moreno. 
Moreno's throwing some knees on the inside, using the clinch pretty well. Moreno trying to uh, dump Figueredo. You see, he's got the uh, he's got his leg, he's got his hand in between the legs there. He's looking to do a scoop. I mean, Figueredo did good, doing a good job of like cutting him off, though. He looks like he mm-hmm. may be the the physically stronger of the two. Hmm. But you got to use this time. You can't just you can't just hold you them there. Just right? time for sure. Right. I you mean, they, they, they brought in a couple of knees, but this is not exciting by any means. No. Um. They're not even like not exciting. Like neither one of them is really advancing their position at all. Um. You got to work, and you know you can't just stay clinched against the fence. You got to do some work. Either work towards a trip, or break yourself free, or try to you know grind out some uh, punches and knees in there. But uh, and it's not like you're in round three and you think like maybe they're borderline exhausted and I'm just waiting for an opening to dump them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See. I don't know what Figueredo thought he was trying to do there. Like he worked his arms up. But I'm not sure what he was trying to go for, and Moreno just ended up pushing him off of him. Yeah, it's interesting that it's interesting that um, Figueroa wouldn't have gone back to the striking. It seemed like that's where he had more success in the last couple of fights. A lot of clashing strikes here between the two. They both keep going at the same time. All right. Figueredo comes in with a kick. Moreno counters a one-two punch. <laughs> Moreno does not truck with Figueredo, man. He's like, come on, bring it. I, I I don't sweat you. Yeah. Oh. Shopping leg kick there from Figueredo. A couple of moments where Moreno looks a little cocky. I don't know, man. Leg kick from Moreno. He's sticking his chin out there. I'm going to laugh if he gets knocked out. Moreno. Yeah, definitely, because he, he's, he's lost his wheels a couple of times, not through any mm-hmm. contact, just through just slipping up. All right, now he's trying to bait Figueredo. He's dangerous. That's dangerous. Yeah. All right, he comes in swinging. Figueredo's able to get close to him. He's got him around the waist. Yeah, takes him down. He's got his back. Now for regular Figueredo's got to work for something. There you go. There you go. Come on now. Looks like he's gonna. No. He tried to roll with him, but Moreno got free. Looks like he was maybe trying to roll into a uh, into a rear naked choke, but he couldn't get anything. So Moreno's back on his feet again, and he's swinging. Yeah, Figueredo doesn't seem to want to go, doesn't seem to want to have a a stand-up fight with Moreno anymore. I've seen him now. I'll tell you what, though. Those leg kicks are are really chopping down Moreno. Like, if this goes, if he continues to do that, he's going to have some pretty significant welts on those legs. Yeah, long term. A spin kick there. Kind of gets Figueredo in the heel. Oh, inside leg kick there from Moreno, and Figueredo almost got his legs chopped out from under him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Moreno got caught goofing around. Yeah, he's real cocky. Figueredo kicks him into the fence. 
There's like a six-year age difference. Is that something like that? I think. Yeah, I think it was like twenty-eight to thirty-four. It looks like it looks exactly like that right now. Right now, it looks like your your kid who thinks that he can take the old man, which you might. How do you feel about that round? I mean, I feel like it was close because there's a lot of moments where they didn't do a lot. I would give it just slightly to Figueredo. Okay. But, I mean, that's pretty tight. I don't think that anybody really broke out from the other there. Yeah, I'm struggling with this round, you know, as closely as I was paying attention to it. I mean... Figueredo's best weapon in that for in that first round were those leg kicks. Agreed. Um, and Moreno, you know, I think I agree with you. I think Figueredo edged out that round. I think based on the leg kicks, and then he got him down and took his back. Uh, whatever they were up against the fence, neither one of them really had any advantage. So all I have to judge it on. And then Moreno didn't do anything nearly as effective, but he got a couple of he landed a couple of punches to the head, but. Yeah. I don't think it's enough to take that round. No, a couple of jabs, but also like I would argue, like you said, they, they threw at the same time. Figueredo got at least mm-hmm. a couple back at the exact same time. Robert Winfrey weighing in with his score card. He's got a 10-9 Figueroa. Yep. All right, we are in round two here. Kevin Iola, Kevin Iola gave it to Moreno, 10-9. Okay. Aaron Bronstetter gave it 10-9 to Moreno after one. Oh, but Paul Fontaine says 10-9 Figgy. Is that what we're going with? Calling him Figgy? Like the pudding? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard a few people call him that. I mean, I, of all the names that you could give yourself, I don't know that that's the most. <laughs> I would like to be named Pudding, please. Thank you. Oh, good leg kick there. Good chopping leg kicks from Figueredo. They are going to win this fight for him, if anything. And he's been able to weather the storm. And then, like Moreno's couple of bursts, he's been able to weather that. So I thought he was going to go for I, – I thought you called it that he was going to try to take Moreno down early mm-hmm. and work the ground. But we're back to strikes. Mm. Leg kick there from Moreno outside. I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a guy who always likes a confident fighter, but I don't love a cocky fighter if you're not backing up. And right now, Moreno's super cocky. Speaking of cocky fighters, man, Figueredo went for a kick. Brandon Moreno uh, caught it and he went for the trip there. And my problem is, like, he's, you know, there's some halfway decent takedowns in this fight so far, but neither one of them is able to do anything with them. Yep. Good inside leg kick from Figueredo. And every time he makes contact just about with Brandon Moreno, Moreno uh, loses a bit of his legs underneath him. He's not going to be able to stand by the third round at this point. <laughs> they are exchanging right to left to the face. <laughs> Take down the highlight of the moment at the moment. Yeah. Front kick there from Figueredo. Yeah, that's what I would stick with. I would just keep chopping down the trees, man. 
Mm-hmm. Just keep taking his legs up from under him until he can't. When you go to do well, the take, well, can't. one thing you got to be careful with that though is if your whole offense is kicking, eventually, you know, you're going to get taken down doing that. No, yeah. I agree, but there's going to be a point where it, if he shifts to the takedown, mm-hmm. Moreno's not going to have the legs to be able to defend against it. Good combination there for Moreno. He went to the body and then straight up hooked to the head. Moreno threw a punch there and was a little off balance. A lot of there's a lot of fake outs. <laughs> so Moreno is 23 of 78 and significant strikes and Figueredo, I think they said was 26 out of 43. Okay. I mean I give this round to Moreno at this point, pending what happens in the next minute. Yeah. That big takedown is going to be the highlight, and that's going to give him the edge, I think. Figueredo goes to the body there, and, and even though it looked like Moreno blocked it, he, he seemed to have winced. Oh. Taking their tools. Just taking oh, their tools. See, Figueredo landed, and then Moreno came back with a combination of his own that seemed to have done more damage. Like, I'm guessing at this point that Figueredo's plan is just to, like, wear him down. But you're running out of time. Less than 30 seconds on the clock, he shoots for a single and half-heartedly does nothing with it and then gives it away. I mean, that's not – you're not going to get points for that for a failed attempt at a takedown. Failed attempt with no follow-up is not winning around. Yeah. Especially (laughs) because you're not kidding with Brandon Moreno's cockiness. He's so goofy in there. Yeah. That's right. uh, that's Figueroa's third attempt to take down that he didn't get him down on this round. I'm going to go with Mor- Brandon Moreno, 10-9 on that one. So I have I it 1-1. One, one. I agree. We'll see what Robert Winfrey has to say out there in the uh, in his coverage Neither of UFC 70. What was that? Neither one of them looks too tired. Like, you'd think they'd be able to pour it on for this third round. Figueredo got to go out strong and hope that Moreno keeps being cocky so he leaves him open. So and in the replay here, they had a halfway decent scramble. But, again, you know, neither one able to have a clear extended advantage in any part of this first two rounds. Agreed. We're talking, you know, when one of them gets an advantage, it's by a nose and it doesn't last long. And yeah, they can't capitalize on it. At least it doesn't seem like it. Because because that takedown by Moreno was good. He caught the leg and he dumped him, but he didn't drop on top of him and take the back. Like yeah. it's good to know that we're on the same page as Robert Winfrey. He has it nineteen nineteen after two, but they're close rounds. We agree, Robert Winfrey Agreed. of the Screaming Boy Podcast. No, he's not the Screaming Boy Podcast. That's Ronnie Adams. I'm just going to start assigning people to the Screaming Boy podcast now because that makes me laugh. Meaning <laughs> Nicholas Cage podcast. <laughs> Nicholas Cage of the Screaming Boy podcast. Um, all right. 
We are into round three here. Oh, Brandon Moreno comes in for the attack. Figueredo dodges and he takes him down. We have a significant takedown here Thank with you. plenty of time to work. Let's you. get those hooks in, Figueredo. Let's go. Don't hey, let Moreno stand up, you nit. Come on. Good grief. We're back on our feet again. That was your woodshed moment, man. That was. He let that one get away from him. And without really even trying, I mean, did you see a reason? Like, did you was Moreno doing anything on the ground? He just muscled up. There was no reason that he should have been able to get his legs under him. Right. And Figueredo just let him go. Like he didn't really even try to like chop the legs when he had him down there or maybe try to shift positions. He just you're right. Brandon Moreno just kind of stood up. Yep. I mean, oh. I'm sure it's part of it. Oh, Big left from Figueredo, and Brandon Moreno goes tumbling backwards. Figueredo tried to follow up, but Brandon Moreno got his wits back under him real quick, and he stood back up. And now and they are tagging each other in the nose. Oh, my God. Ding dong. <laughs> Thirty seconds of face palm can't be good for anyone. <laughs> See, for every time Figueredo starts to edge himself uh, ahead of Moreno, Moreno comes back with some fire and keeps it going. That's got to be the key. You see that Brandon Moreno's eyes looks like he's got a bit of a mouse above. Look uh, at his left eye. Yep. Oh. He's taking a couple of big shots. I fear for Brandon Moreno's legs. He's been chopped down quite a number of times in these first three rounds. Well, he's not dancing the same way he did. They're, they're definitely choppy steps that he's taking now as he as he circles. Mm -hmm. oh, he tagged Moreno tagged Figueredo with the left, and he missed him with the right, and Figueredo was able to step away, and he shook it off and left. This will probably got to be a little disheartening for Brandon Moreno. Yeah. We got the crowd chanting. They're into it, presumably. They're having a good time with this fight. Yeah. It's always nice to see because Flyaway doesn't get a lot of love from anyone. Kick, kick, kick. It's real tight from the score, though. Like, if it goes to the judges, it's really close. Yep. Brandon Moreno able to tag him there and Figueredo. See, the problem is, like, every time he gets a significant strike onto Figueredo, Figueredo is able to get away. And so Brandon Moreno can't really follow up as much. Uh, mm -hmm. Right now, Moreno's got the, uh, the better odds. He's negative 255. To Figueredo's uh, plus one eighty five. Okay, interesting. He's got to have more headshots. So big left hook there from Brandon Moreno. I mean, it is close, but I, I don't want to see Moreno take a straight shot to the head. He doesn't look like he could hold it off. 
I would really appreciate it if Figueredo would, I don't know, not get mad. I don't want him to lose his head in there, but stop smiling. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's annoying. It's funny how the cockiness has shifted gears. <laughs> yeah, really. But not with any like real like oomph behind it. Like it's not like like now Figueredo is like, oh, I've got you figured out, and he's like yeah. taking the lead in this fight. You're not dropping bombs all of a sudden because you know how oh, it works. No, you spoke too soon, Daniel Lasby. Figueredo just walloped Brand, uh, Brandon Moreno, and he went down to his knees. Okay, here we are. I think I might have to give that one to Figueredo there. I think he stole it. Yeah. Oh, save, that was a save by the block right there. Mm -hmm. Interesting to see how wobbly Moreno comes out of the corner. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what his confidence level is like. You know, mm -hmm. as, as Figueroa had a little bit more time to work there, that might have been the end of him at the at the end of that last round. Agreed. Yep, he does have. Yeah, they're working on the on the mouse over his left eye now. He he got ice bags on the chest, ice bags on the face. He got the cold block over his eye, mm -hmm. ice bag on the neck. <laughs> yeah, that's a good hit from Figueroa. Yep, dropped him right right as you were saying. Uh, Sportcasters jinx. <laughs> Don't drop a bomb. 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 <laughs> and he went All right, right round. over it. He took the jab and went right over it. We are into the championship rounds here. Round four. And I'll tell you, Figueroa's got still got some pep in his step. Yep, for sure. All right, Robert Winfrey weighing in with his scorecard. Uh, 29-28, Figueroa. That's where Figueroa. That's where we have it. Um, yep. The third, the most definitive, given the knockdown. We agree, Robert Winfrey. Take a drink every time I say we agree, Robert Winfrey. <laughs> All right. Spinning, whatchamacallit, kick there from Brandon Moreno. <laughs> Another chopping kick. Follow, uh Preceded by a punch there from Figueredo. Brandon Moreno throwing very awkward punches. Yeah, it's not both great. times. Figueredo looks like he's got the confidence now. He looks like he's just waiting for his moment. Yeah. Good leg kick there from Brandon Moreno. Spinning kick there from Brandon Moreno. Tries to kick to the uh, kick to the abdomen. Figueredo blocks it. Like Figueroa got that right hand out leading. It's like he's mm. just waiting to be able to grab him and give him a good one. Brandon Moreno threw a punches and completely lost his balance. He just went a stumbling and a fumbling, and then like shrugged at Figueroa. Like, I mean, eh, what are you gonna do? Bad legs and a swollen <laughs> eye. He's he's starting to have a rough go. Yeah, I'm sure this is not how Brandon Moreno thought this fight was gonna go. Definitely not, especially not from his composure and attitude in the first two rounds. Yeah, for sure. And from a guy, from the fact that Figueroa looked in the in the 
late second and early third round that like he didn't want any part of a striking fight with Moreno. All of a sudden now he's happy to be on his feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Moreno got the better of Figueroa there. Figueroa started to go down, but he quickly regained his composure. I couldn't tell if that last one from Figueroa connected or not because he had it at the, the reverse angle. The cameraman. Brian yeah, Moreno looks like he's getting tired in there. Yeah, he looks exhausted. And it looked like even on that one where uh, Figueredo took like the half knee, that it was more that he hooked his leg and pulled his leg out rather than he connected with a good shot. Yeah, for sure. Moreno looking more tentative in his blocks now, too. I'm not sure what Figueredo was, what the plan here at this point is. I'm not sure either because you'd think he could just take advantage. Like Moreno is clearly off balance. He's clearly mm -hmm. not, the footwork's not there. Okay. We finally lock up here at a minute and 35 and boom, into the fence they go. All right, Figueredo. You, you, finish this off. Finish it off now. Well, not only just finish it off, but take him down. You have him against the fence. And His legs look like they're almost they're, they're they're getting close to shot. We're not talking about Moreno two rounds ago where he just stood back up. Like just take him down. Right, he'll be down. Yeah, like go try try a judo trip and muscle him down. Yeah, the, right now we just need him in the back of the thigh. Yeah, the the leg work here is fine, but like you got to think Moreno would just go down. If you just swept the leg, he'd right. go down. So the odds have flipped. Uh, now Figueredo has the advantage at one at negative 165. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, oh, Moreno trying to fight his way out of it. And he does. Figueredo backs off. Come on, man. Not a good luck. I mean, even if you get the win, you got to at least think your corner man's like you should have put him down a round and a half ago. I'm wondering if he's going to end up giving this fourth round away. Uh, Moreno had more significant strikes in round three, uh, and they're about even here in round four. Okay. I mean, that last leg kick to the abdomen, it was pretty solid. For a guy, for a guy who looks like he can barely stand up. <laughs> Jesus Christ, now they're taunting each other. All right, this is it. This is the decider. How do you feel about round four? Uh, <laughs> well said. Ten nights to and I don't know, man. <sighs> yeah, it's. I, don't I mean, know it's not I... decisive. It's not. It's not like yeah, that was definitely his round. Yeah, I, I'm having a hard time there. Like again. Um, especially with the new rules of mixed martial arts, where you're not—I don't know if "encourage" is the right word—but there, there is a very clear criteria for draw. Like it shouldn't be as out of the out of the ordinary that people seem to think it is. And I almost want to go draw on that round. Not terrible, not terrible call. I need a little bit more from one of these guys, you know. Um, I mean, I think if I had to pick one, maybe Figueroa, Figueroa for that round, just because I think he 
there were some moments there where Brandon Moreno looked like he was in trouble, but he quickly he would, he would just as quickly get out of him again. Well, you look at the lockup on the cage. There's no reason he should have been able to get out of that. Figueroa yeah. should have been able to to capitalize. All right, last round. All right, go big or go home. All right, Kevin Ioli has it 38-38. Ryan Frederick has it 38-38. Gross. Tied up going into round five, so everyone's got it 2-2. Oh, Brandon Moreno with the takedown. Yeah, buddy. Coming in. Hey, this isn't boxing. You can do that. All right, now let's see some work in there. Don't let Figueredo back up, man. Use that nope. five minutes. Yes. As I say that. <laughs> Figueredo is all arms and feet. Jesus. So he's able to just kick himself out. Yeah. Moreno looks exhausted, but I mean, he, he looks like he's more in the fight this round than he did last round. Yeah, for sure. Leaning, leaning, leaning. Gut punch there from Brandon Moreno. Yeah, I'm not understanding in uh, Figueredo's Billy Jack. Look at my hand and I'll slap you with the other one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Big miss there from Brandon Moreno. Figueredo makes him pay for it, kind of. Well, not as much as he should have. No. And the odds have shifted back to Moreno, by the way. But this is the seesaw battle between our two flyweight contenders. He's hanging around. Neither one of them can contain a a takedown. Moreno should be unconscious. I'll tell you, I I understand striking and mixed martial arts is not boxing. But sometimes, man, these guys just throw such ugly punches. It's no wonder boxers make fun of them. Well, they're all haymakers. Like they're. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like every time I've taught my son and my daughter how to throw a punch, you know, I talk, I talk to them about waist movement and, sh- you know, and shifting your shoulders and bending your arm. Meanwhile, these guys, you know, are are like throwing punches like they're built like Ken dolls. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, they don't move their arms at all. Like it's you just... can't keep your arms inside your body. You have to throw from halfway across the yes. building. Like you're throwing, like you're throwing a wing, not an arm. <laughs> and like I get it, but you know, oh, there's a good punch there from Figueredo, and it knocked Brandon Moreno on his ass. Head kick, boom! Uh, but Brandon Moreno, man, he he's a tough in leather, hanging in there and fighting back. Good on you, Brandon Moreno. Make a fight out of it, why don't you? Less than two minutes left on the clock. Someone's got to make it happen here. Make it happen, somebody. You've got less than two minutes to try to take, you know, make yourself look like the favorite of this round and possibly win this fight. I mean, I think those last couple of big blows is going to give it to him if it's that close, but but come on, just finish it off. (laughs) 
See, I wish Figueroa would follow up those leg kicks with something else, make them a part of a combination. You know, I mean, unless you're going to try to swing through and take him down that way, like just sweep this le- sweep the legs out from under him. You know, he he's throwing good, effective kicks, and they're clearly damaging up the leg, but he doesn't follow up with anything, and they don't produce a takedown of any kind. Listen, I'm sure Herzog's confused on why this match is still going on. <laughs> <laughs> Standing back there in the black shirt, going like, "Like, I guess this is fine." Jason Herzog with the boyish good looks. He's up past his bedtime. It's an evil. <laughs> thirty right, seconds so on the here. clock. Here we go. Last thirty. Last 30 seconds of your life, late of your life, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Big flourish. Come on now. Hey, Brandon Figueroa with uh with a couple of rights there. And there's Roadhouse. Nothing's missing, nothing's hitting, nothing's missing. Everything's going everywhere. Oh, Brandon Figueroa. Brandon Moreno, rather, keeping up the pressure. See, he listened, he knew what's what. Good man. And they both think they I'll take won. it. Because of course they do. And they both think they won. I mean, this All was right. supposed to be the decisive match three out of the two, right? Uh, and it was you far know, from decisive for anybody. Maybe this will be like Pacquiao and Marquez. Just, just keep fighting. We'll have a we'll end up with a fourth one. I mean, and later at this they, point, they, you need a fourth one if you're gonna if you're gonna say that you're the better of the two. Oh, goodness. All right. All right. What do you think? I'm, ch- I'm checking in on Twitter here to see what the feedback is, see how everyone else uh, called it. I think Green Radio sneaks by, but far from deserved. Definitely not dominant. Definitely not as not. dominant as I would have liked. I mean, it was a good fight. Um, a lot of positive feedback here on Twitter. Uh, yeah, people are already calling for a fourth one. Yep, agreed. Hey, man, you know what? They they kept in each other's faces. It was a seesaw battle. It was an absolute, you know, w- worth the 25-minute watch for sure. Um, no give up. A&A MMA is calling it 48-47 Figurato. I have a sneaking suspicion that's what a lot of people are going to be calling it. 48, uh, 47. <laughs> Long live the flyweight division. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, if you're Moreno and you lose your belt on a one-point decision, bunk. <laughs> That's class one bunk. I guess you just keep doing this. <laughs> you go and get right. back, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> do it until one of them retires. Uh, we have one forty nine forty eight on Twitter for Moreno, at least one. Uh, Robert Winfrey with the wishy washy. He says three two either way is perfectly acceptable. Fun little fight. Yeah, um, I say make it a draw. <laughs> I mean, I think you can't make it a draw because Moreno gets no. He got some takedowns, but he gets no knockdowns. All right, here we go. Brandon uh, Figueroa, yeah. 
I keep calling him Brandon. Yep, figure A1, 48-47 all across the board. Agreed. All right. Perfectly nice little opener here uh, uh, as far as your main and co-main. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. It's why we're here, Daniel Lasby. Don't you understand? Two buckets of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> I am here for heavyweight action. That is why we're doing this. These flyweights were a nice little hors d'oeuvre, but now bring on the meat. I'm actually looking at the odds of the heavyweight match, and I'm a mm -hmm. little surprised that Ganey is the favorite. Don's the favorite? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, so Pat Mullen weighing in from my little group of uh, podcasters on Facebook. He says that's a bad call. He had it 49-46, um, 48-47 for Moreno. What do you think about that, Dan Lasby? I can't give it to him. I mean, listen, I give the kid a lot of spunk for staying in there. He hung around to the very end of it. But, like, mm -hmm. other than a couple of nice takedowns and no quit in it, and he did have a couple of good breaks, there's no point where he knocked Figueredo down. There's no point where he, like, clearly dominated Figueredo. He had those takedowns. He didn't capitalize them. I can't say that he he took enough of that fight to say that he was ever in control of it. Um, I think Pat's at a bar right now, so uh, <laughs> it's gonna. I was gonna quick send him the link to like jump in and defend his position, but he's he's busy. That's all good, Buck. That's fine. Um, so that's Pat. Let's see what else we got here on Twitter. Um, all right, stay tuned. Sports had uh, Moreno with the win. See, okay. this is gonna be one of those ones where people are gonna be arguing about it for a while. Sure. I mean, it was close, very much so. I totally agree with that. It was a very close fight. I think Moreno's arguing his own point in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Gail or Gail28 uh, on Twitter says, Dear UFC, cancel the 125 division and just have these two fight it out forever. It's just the two of them. There's no division, just two right. guys yep, flipping just the ball back and forth. In the fight forever division. <laughs> uh all right, we have people now now over here we go. Here's here's the bad takes on Twitter portion of our evening. Moreno yeah, yeah. got robbed. I don't think there's a robbery here. Yeah, it's and it's not that like seems, it's not like figuring a random limit. No, I mean, it, like I said, I, you know, Robert's whole thing was like, it could have gone either way. Sure. I'll give you that. I would give it, it could go either way. Um, Robert Winfrey weighing in saying we need a fourth fight. It's the Marquez Pacquiao feud <laughs> of MMA. Let's go four. I mean, if you want to say you're the decisive champion. You, you got to yeah. have better than a one-point victory. Look, is there anybody else? And I want to hear from the people listening. From you know, uh, We've had some fun interactions with Robert and our good friend Jason Teasley, but I want to know from the rest of you that are listening, is there anybody, anybody at Flyweight that you feel like deserves a title shot right now that we can't do this again for Joe a Rogan. time? 
<laughs> Joe Rogan and his horse tranquilizers. Yep. Um, <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like some of these other ones where there's like this long line going out the door to the left of like, we have to move the division on. Like, is there anyone really at flyweight at this point where you're like, but what about, you know, but what about Steve? No one listens to Pete. No, there is no Steve and there is no Pete. Steve and Pete don't exist. Yeah. All right, let's see if we can find some more hot takes on Twitter here as we move out of this fight and into the main event, the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world between Hollywood star Francis Ngannou. Did you know that Francis Ngannou has been in a couple of movies? I did not. Yeah. What movies is he in? Well, he's in the upcoming um, Jackass. Of course he is. He's in Jackass Forever punching somebody in the dick. Oh, like that's true. I actually did see that trailer. Yep. I'm going to take my son to go see that because, uh, yes, he, he is only going to be eight years old. And, yes, it's rated R. But, really, who didn't see rated R movies when they were in elementary school? I know Especially I did. Especially Jackass. Like, yeah. Nobody's going home and, like, electrocuting themselves in a bathtub full of alligators. It says don't do that. It says it right does at the beginning. Do that, so nobody's it doing it. Don't don't be dumb and do that with your dumb little friends. My and yeah, my, my son knows better. He, my, we watched the first Jackass, as a matter of fact, in about a week or so. The week before Jackass comes out, we did back when it was supposed to be out in October. My son and I did an alternative commentary for the first Jackass movie. And my son was definitely of the mindset of it's fun to laugh at the stupid people. But I don't <laughs> want to be the stupid people. <laughs> a lot of insight on a seven-year-old. I mean, Steve Owen has made a career out of it, man. Oh, Steve Owen. Hey, look, Steve Owen is more money, presumably more money than I ever will. You know, lighting himself on fire and inhaling wasabi and whatnot. I'm sure he had more money, lost it all, and still (laughs) has more money than I will ever see. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of that money is up his nose Um, or in his arms. (laughs) Wasabi money. That's the wasabi money. Wasabi money. I mean, look, and he, he, look, he is free to do whatever with this wasabi money. That's correct. <laughs> There's only 26 fighters actually in the flyweight division. Okay. Versus an average of 81 in every other division. <laughs> oh, look who's there. It's Mike Tyson. I are, we still, are we still pulling for the Logan Paul Mike Tyson? One million percent. Not, <laughs> I won't even, I'm not even pausing. Oh, look. I there it is. And I, will, and I will be excited when it's his daughter that knocks the Logan boy out. <laughs> hey, speaking of Francis and Ganu, you see there's a commercial they're playing? Yeah. Here it is. Yeah, we have a trailer for Jackass Forever. I don't want that man to punch me anywhere, let alone in my genitalia. I mean, how much money are we talking about? For I mean, how much- you have a kid already, so there is the benefit of that. I don't know that it's going to be enough because there's multiple other stunts that you're doing. <laughs> well, I, I think if the conversation is how much money would we have to pay you to have Francis and Ganu punch you anywhere, I mean, any, I think anything north of a million is fine. Okay. And they have to cover your medical expenses, like the reconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, a, a million plus plus medical expenses. Yeah. In Canada, we'll put your nether regions back together for free, but you're going to do it in the States. You need to have that covered. Yeah, depending on what part of the states, they might actually, you know, they, they, my insurance might not even cover it. 
(laughs) (laughs) So you're saying a large heavyweight fighter knocked your head clean off. Yes. Yes. That feels like elective surgery. You don't need your head attached. (laughs) That's pretty elective. Right. Here in the state of Texas, we carry our heads around. What do you oh think no! Wait, in, in Texas, that's the one place they're totally rebuilding it, and they're making it bigger. <laughs> yes, it's like well, we're not going to reattach your head. We'll build you a robot body, though, and you exactly. can be a cyborg. All right, I am uh, once again going to take a time out here. I shall be back in a moment. I will leave you in the capable hands of Dan Lasby. I am currently looking to see if they're following the follow-up on the flyway, if there is anyone else that's even close to challenging for that. And I don't see anybody that's in that position right now. Maybe Doskochuk? But it seems like it seems like match four is probably the way to go. Match four, the way to go, unless you bring in someone super exciting. Maybe Jack Black. He's going to have to lose a lot of weight, a considerable amount of weight. But he did play a wrestler in Nacho Libre. So he's going to have some some multiple skills. And like Pereira, he's going to dance and he's going to sing a lot. So it's still going to be entertaining. That's what I think. If you have comments on that and you think that's something that you would, A, love to see, or B, not love to see, or C, like to see Mark recreate with some sort of visual effects. Comment in the chat. Make it happen. I don't think that he sleeps at any point anyway, so I'm sure that he can find somebody in his multiple friends to make that happen. As we follow up towards the final fight of the night, the heavyweights, Mark's favorite part. Oh, maybe I should ask him if he's reviewed Death Clock. Mark, have you reviewed any of the Death Clock series? Oh, you don't have your headset on yet. I'll catch you when you get your headset on. Here I am. Did you watch any of the Death Clock cartoon? Have you reviewed that yet? Um, I have watched Death Clock. I've seen Death Clock, Death Clock in concert, as a matter of fact. Wicked. Yes, it was very... That's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's got to be like Worlds Collide kind of situation. It was an interesting experience. I've actually seen him twice. And um, what they do is they have, the, you know, they have the one guy, they have his backing band, but then they project the cartoon over his head. Amazing. And you're like basically encouraged to just watch the cartoon as they play. It's really, it's a lot of fun. And here like- on the Metal Hammer of Doom, I think actually our very, 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 very first Metal Hammer of Doom review that we ever did was um, for the third Death Clock album. Wicked. We're on it here at the Rattle and Broadcasting Network. You really are. Like I was mentioning while you were gone, I'm not, I'm volunteered to you for a few things. We'll see if they come up in the chat. And if not, then they'll mm-hmm. never be spoken of again. But I'm pretty sure that you <laughs> never sleep since you do have a family and full time job. And about, I think I'm keeping track with 127 different programs that you're running at any one time. <laughs> um, that was funny, actually, because so I've been podcasting since 2006. I was on Block Talk Radio from 2006 until, I think, 2018. Then we switched to Spreaker. Then from 2018 to, I think, 2020, I had my own feed, but I was sharing content with W2M. And then I finally was like, this is stupid. Why do I have content in two different places? So, like, why don't I just 
go on to W2M strictly and um you know I'll I'll pay the cost of the exor- the exorbitant unlimited fee that that they call that they charge you. Um but that means I have like a backlog of about 2012, 2011 to 2017, five, six years of content that never made it to this feed. So like that sex, drugs and rock and roll season one, that's not something that ever aired before. So it, it <laughs> Robert Winfrey with it, with a wisecrack, we refer to that as the dark times. Proper thing, Robert, proper thing. Yeah, there are, there are some shows where the audio is a little sketch. Um, <laughs> might be need, might be needing of an edit. Oops. Anyway, the, the point being is like it looks like I have 197 shows, but I really only record maybe three to four times live a week, and the rest is just re-airs of stuff, or in some cases stuff that is currently available, but there was never a web page for it. So I'm so it you know I, I call it a re-air, but it's basically like oh look, it's on the website for the first time, but the audio has always been there. Sure. Um. So yes, we have a podcast. We have a, an available podcast in some form or fashion every day, but some of it's new and some of it's old. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Though I will tell you, there are times, there are weeks where I do <laughs> record every single day of the week, straight on through Sunday to Saturday. Yeah. This was one of those weeks. I mean, my wife loves me a lot. She would love mm-hmm. me less if I was recording that much. Unless I was being sponsored by Crypto.com, which apparently every fighter of the night is. Well, you know, while we are waiting for Cyril Ghosn to get into the cage and then um, UFC champion proper Francis Ngannou, let me ask you a question uh, in 50 words or less. What are you listening to these days, Dan Lasby? Uh, I listen to a lot of forensic shows. What music are you listening to? What kind of music am I listening to? Yes. Uh, I also listen to a vast variety. So... There is always some Stan Rogers, which is some nice Canadian folk. Mm-hmm. There's some Clean Bandit, which is a UK electro pop group. There is always some form of metal. Actually, I just downloaded something new. Who was it? Who was I just listening to? I'm going to bring it up here. And I will tell you, I'm 100% one of those people that has fuzzy's judas at the top of my playlist at all times just in case <laughs> we're uh, fuzzy's got a new album coming out this year we're, we actually have that scheduled to review at some point also the macho man's rap album the week of wrestlemania yeah 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 for Be sure man Hogan. and you can uh, find and you can find all of those things on amazon music unlimited hey which, yeah of which we are giving away a free 30-day trial of the amazon music unlimited service if you head on over to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network, which is a link provided in the description of this podcast, you and you cl- and use, uh, sign, complete the sign-up process, you will get yourself a free 30 days to stream all the music you want, including the Macho Man's rap album where he told Hogan to be a man, or all the Maybe. folk music that Daniel Lasby is listening to. Maybe you like musicals. Maybe you like Death Clock. Who knows? There's only a billion genres and subgenres out there, and Amazon Music has them all. So click the link, try you out the 30 days. It helps us out. It keeps the gears rolling on the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. And who doesn't love free? I love free. Everyone loves free. So give it a shot. And if you don't like it for some strange reason, you can always cancel. No fuss from us. That's Amazon Music Unlimited. Sorry, that's uh, getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. 
Yeah, man, you're going to rediscover tools 10,000 days and never cancel. <laughs> Not a huge fan of tool, I got to be honest with you. What? They are musical geniuses. I know. Hold on, wait I'm a minute, a, wait a minute. I, I might be the only I might be the only white male on earth born after 76 that doesn't like tool, but yeah. it's true. You just want to be special, that's all. And it's me. <laughs> Everybody likes Ghostbusters. I like dummy. <laughs> I'm gonna watch Mandy. You are. That's super true. That is that is an aspect of my personality that I've been leaning into lately. That is driving Chris Bailey like crazy. He's like, like all the popular things, like the things that make the vast majority of people happy. And I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be French. I'm gonna have a sandwich. I mean, listen. <laughs> I will say this. A crazy Chris Bailey is very entertaining. So, oh, a crazy Chris Bailey yeah. is wild and wooly fun. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about this main event, Francis Ngannou. We talked about this at the top of the show. Let's go back over. He's got the one loss prior to the UFC, but since coming into the UFC, he cut a he just cut through all of his competition. All finishes leading up to his first shot at the UFC heavyweight title. He KO'd or TKO'd or submitted. Everyone's gotten his pass, not the least of which was Andre Orlovsky and damn near killed Alistair Overeem uh, in December yeah. of 2017. Yeesh. A minute and 42 into the first round. Just <laughs> wrecked him. Damn near killed him. Um, but then he lost the decision to Stipe Miocic. And he lost the decision to all hot balls himself, Derek Lewis which was a, a fascinating affair at UFC 226. And then he got back in his winning ways where uh, he once again KO'd or TKO'd everyone that got in his way. Curtis Blaze, Kane Velasquez, JDS, current AEW superstar, JDS, that mind, you know, mind you. Uh, Jarzinho, a Rosenstrike. And then finally, uh, he KO'd my man, my <laughs> poor bastard, Stipe Miocic. March 27, 2021, to win the UFC heavyweight title, and this is his first defense of same. Uh, and on the opposite side, we have Cyril Gon, who came into the UFC on August 10th, 2019, in Uruguay, where he won by submission. His next fight, he won by submission, and then he won a decision. And then he beat Junior Dos Santos with the TKO and elbow at UFC 256. He followed that up with two unanimous decisions. And then finally, TKO Derek Lewis in the third round of their UFC 265 affair. So once again, I say unto thee, while they both have good punching power, yep. and we could be in for Roadhouse here, I don't think you want to go punch for punch with the guy who everyone's saying could, could out-punch Deontay Wilder. Yeah, listen, man. If you knock a guy out, that's one thing. If you mm-hmm. knock a guy out and he's lying there with his eyes still open, that's a completely different kettle of fish. If you hit a guy and his face falls off, yeah, <laughs> maybe alt- adopt a different strategy is what and I'm you saying. Hit, he hit you so hard that you were like, I don't remember having a face. So, <laughs> mother. So, my advice to Cyril Gon, my expert mixed martial arts analysis, is protect your neck and <laughs> just. Wu-Tang is for the children. Protect your neck. on the mat and call it a day. (laughs) Yeah. Just run across that ring, jump on his legs, and hope to God you don't get knocked out in the process. Mm -hmm. Uh, Agreed. 
yeah, he uh I, I think Cyril Gon really does need to take this to the mat. But you know, getting there is gonna be half half the issue. Uh the other side of this is Cyril Gon, I'm uh, sorry, uh Francis Nganu. Maybe he's tentative tonight, you know, maybe he's not he's looking for that big knockout punch from this big fella and he doesn't go in for the kill. Um, Robert Winfrey with his expert analysis saying Francis Ngannou is terrifying for seven and a half minutes. Sure. <laughs> After I, that. I, <laughs> I think we talked about that at the top of the night, that if Gon can take him the distance, his chances get immediately a lot better. That's what I'm saying. Like, having seen Francis Ngannou fight before, yeah, sure. What everyone focuses on is, you know, is how terrifying his punching power is. But he, I've also seen the guy kind of, you know, sit there and sort of wait for the other guy to make a move so that he can counter. And then it's like watching bread toast. Yeah. You know, it's like, are we, what are we doing here? And he might let this one slip away if he doesn't go after Cyril Gone early. And I think that's the key to victory for Francis Ngannou is that he needs to end this in the first two rounds. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Robert Winfrey doesn't think he can win a decision. Uh, I think we are on the same page. Yeah, man. Francis Ngannou looking very loose and relaxed in there. Is Ngannou wearing knee pads? He's wearing the braces. Uh, He's got, you know, like the old, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, Sid Vicious, you know, he used to wear one on his his arm. Yep. I mean, if I'm on the other side of the ring, all the more reason for me to want him to be on the mat. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I tell my children. Protect yourself at all times. My daughter likes to do that. She like, you know, she likes to balk me in the head, and I, at which point I just punch her right in the kidneys. And I yeah. say, protect yourself at all times, Billy. Yeah, I got to teach those lessons young. Yep. Don't don't leave your body open. <laughs> Parenting hashtag. Parenting one hundred and one. Yep. Don't take a body shot. Yep. Protect yourself at all times. All right, here we go. The main event: our heavyweight clash between Francis Ngano and Cyril Gon. Alrighty. All right. That's Francis Ngano. Oh, here we go. Look at that. Cyril Gon going right for the takedown. For, for, I was about to say Francis Ngano was sort of like inching towards him. He's just like, oh, he's getting in close for those, you know, for that close infighting, uh, trying to make contact at a big punch. And Cyril Gon said, not today, Satan. Yep. Strong strategy. And now Cyril Gon is fighting Francis Ngano against the fence. And then he's not. And they circle out, <laughs> and they're in the center of the ring again. Cyril Gon not wanting to provide Francis Ngannou with a stationary target. Doing Smart. a lot of bouncing. Smart. Yeah, you got to keep it moving, man. Get on your bicycle. Up, oh, Francis Ngannou with a body shot. And Ouch. then they are tied up against the fence. I think that's smart. I think you keep it so that he can't he can't get a, a clean strike. You gotta take yeah. little chops. There was talk of a Francis Ngano Tyson Fury boxing match. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> that is just the freezer at a butcher shop throwing itself at each other. 
All right, we're still mus- they're still muscling each other around, but they're off the fence now. All right, so Cyril. All right, Francis Ngannou was controlling the head there for a moment. Those things were yeah, not looking yeah, good yeah. for Cyril Gon. Cyril Gon separates now. You look at him, he starts. To- Francis Ngannou inches forward, Cyril Gon inches back. And they are right back up against the fence again. And Cyril Gon, oh, Cyril Gon's opening up on, sorry, Francis Ngannou is, fo- is opening up on Cyril Gon. That's not protecting the neck. No. You let him push against your head and then you let you punch you. Come on, man. For, for Pete's sake, Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess with. Body shots there for Francis and Ganu. That'll take the wind right out of you. I do not like the look in Cyril Gon's eyes. No, he's hungry. He looks, he, sorry. Nagano looks hungry. Gon yeah. looks afraid. Looks like he's looking for the door. All right. It's a good spin kick there. Lands in the abdomen. Francis and Gano just walks through it. Knee from Gon. Sneaky left there from Gon on Nganu. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. You got to stay in tight. I think. I think. I think him backing away is a, a danger play unless he's planning on doing that for the next two rounds. Yeah, you give you give Ngano too much space, and he's going to be able to find the distance and knock you stupid. You're gonna Gagan lose that looked like uh, Roy Jones Jr. when he got that first punch from Tyson in that redo match. <laughs> he was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. All right, they tie up in the center again. Both looking to control the head. And Gano just muscles gone into the fence. Yeah. Ooh, and Gano looked like he might be going for a takedown and maybe follow up with some ground and pound. And that's the thing. You do not want to be on the ground getting hit in the head. Well, if you're pin, you, you can't dance away. <laughs> no. And I'm wondering if that might be in Gano's strategy at this point. Is is like, you know what? It's going to be a lot easier for me to hit you if you're laying flat yeah. on your back. If you want to go down, let's do it together. Yeah. And I'm wondering if he just doesn't fear Gon's ground game, which I don't know. That's a wise strategy. But again, again he's not, I don't know how much, how effective Gon's going to be in the jiu-jitsu game when he's being punched into unconsciousness. Right. It's Robert's point of that first seven and a half minutes. Whatever you got better be the world. <laughs> They're still tied up, and Ganu's uh, using his knees. He's bringing a couple of knees in there, and Gan doesn't look like he's – he looks like he's being manhandled a little bit. Like, he's not letting himself go down, but – Front kick from Gan. We have less than five seconds left. I think that's an easy round for Nganu. For sure. I think Gon's doing some mental math on whether or not the paycheck of this was worth it. <laughs> you never know. We've had some crazy upsets in the UFC. That's My true. God, there were there were fights that Andre Arlovsky should have lost that somehow, I mean, we're talking like late era, like when I was watching Andre Arlovsky, he absolutely should have lost and somehow pulled out a win.
So if Gon gets out of this next round, his chances improve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can you can already see Francis and Ganu kind of heavy breathing there. I mean, this guy, tired. this guy is like his, his biggest weakness is his stamina. Yep. But he's carrying around a lot of muscle, so I you know yes. I don't not entirely entirely surprised by that. They're both big boys, but when you see them side by side, like the definitive muscle structure of Nganu is yeah. heavier. So Robert gave that one to Gon. 10 9 okay. Gon. I appreciate Nganu's patience, but he's struggling to find offense. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> A round or two, it might not matter. I don't know the stats on how many rounds is the top number of rounds that Ngun has gone. Like, I like how good? like the, the producer of this broadcast is like putting off Twitter is like putting up tweets that are just let's go. Like what insight? How brilliant. <laughs> really give it, provide some nice color for the fight. He handed it off. He's like, I don't really want to do the Twitter right now. Somebody? Here, you. <laughs> I'm gonna put Small my ten year old nephew in charge of this. Let's go. He used an emoji. Click. <laughs> <sighs> Different strategy right. for Gon now, trying to bring him in. And, yeah, Gon dropping his hands to his waist and just kind of throwing lazy kicks, which is an interesting strategy. It is. All right, now he's picking up the intensity with the kicks there. See, Gon, uh, sorry, Nganu wants to lure gone in and hit him with some stiff uppercuts that's yep. his bread and butter right there cool. he wants gone to step inside the phone booth and that's when nganu is going to nail him with an uppercut he needs to cut off the cage he needs to not give gone that kind of space Because you could tell, like, on his kicks back, his kicks are not nearly that technical proficiency, right? So if Gon just took <clears throat> just took a kick to the abdomen, <clears throat> that made him think about what he's doing. <laughs> so yeah. distance strikes and Gon 10, Gon 21. Gon clearly is trying to drag this out. Yeah. He's hoping that he got the he got the staying power to make Nganu so tired that he can't throw those big hits. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Rob gave him the first round, but he might even, you know, but the judges, who knows what they did. So it's not an unreasonable thing to think that Gon, like, I'll just give away the first two rounds because I think the last three, I can wear this guy down and win a decision. Like, he might not even be considering trying to finish Nganu. He might I'm be thinking, sorry. win the later rounds. Spin I'm kick surprised. there from... In Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Spin kick there from Gon. Go ahead. I'm surprised with Nganu's power that when he does come in, that he doesn't bring his legs more into play. Like, he, he had some opportunities to knee the thighs up against the cage. He's had a couple of opportunities to get some body shots while they were close, and he didn't take them.
I mean, right now I'm giving this round a gun. He's he's controlling the pace. He's not doing anything huge, but he's also not allowing Ngannou to have his style of fight. Yeah. And this is what I was afraid of with Ngannou. You know, all of the UFC highlight packages are, is him killing bitches. But sometimes the road to... <laughs> the road to getting there is not particularly interesting. It's like, you know, he's very slow and tentative and timid. And, you know, it's just not a very interesting fight to watch. And then he decapitates a guy. You're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> that guy's head's gone. What, 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 what happened in this fight as we are down to the last minute of round two? I mean, God's pretty trusting on those spin kicks, how open he leaves himself. Yeah. I really, I, I know that's a thing in MMA. I know there's a reason for it. But, like, as somebody who also watches a lot of boxing, I hate leaving your hands down by your waist like that. Yeah. It's definitely big risk, big reward. But, like, mm -hmm. if I'm in Ganu and he's come around on that spin kick and it's not exceptionally fast, like, he's not that kind of guy who it, it's that high spinning axe kick that comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like, a good step on the inside and your your favorite kidney shot is happening in a hurry. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to see what happens if you go round three or round four. Gone still kind of keeping that distance and then Ngannou doesn't get completely gassed. So the, round two is ending, and the camera was on Francis Ngannou as he was walking back to his corner. He is sweaty, he's breathing out of his mouth, and he looks frustrated. He does look frustrated. It's not a great look for your heavyweight champion. And Gon's like, just kind of hanging, hanging out yeah. by the cage. <laughs> cool as the other side of the pillow, baby. Woo! Yeah, that though I, I might have been misreading because it looked like in his eyes it looked like like he was kind of like deathly afraid to be there. I think he was just like hyper alert. Now that I'm thinking back to it, like I have to be super aware of where this guy's body positioning is and what he's doing, so that I don't take a full on battering ram to the face. Yep, because I need to survive into the round we're in now, which is round three. Yep, that's fair. And. You know, like you see these guys, like they come into the cage and they're just beating their chest and they're all crazy and just like, I am ready to go. Then there's Francis Ngannou, who looks like he's lost. <laughs> like he woke up in the middle of a strange city somewhere. Well, I don't know where I am. He was in someone's room that he didn't know. <laughs> uh, Robert Winfrey has it 2018. That's 2 0 for Cyril Ngannou. Cyril Ngannou. He says Ngano is too reactive, trying to counter the superior technician. Yeah, he's definitely not the technician in the match. There's no doubt. Gon's got the Gon's got the upper hand on what. It looks doing. like a punch to the sternum there from Ngano. I mean, I think that's a smarter strategy. Mm -hmm. If you know you got a big shot, you don't need that knockout to the head. Start wearing down the body. Start wearing down the arms, like. If you can't lift your your arms, you can't choke a man out. I mean, if Cyril Gon can do it, like up oh, as I say that, in Ghana with the big scoop slam, and now he's in half guard. Oh god. 
Side control. Sorry. He's in side control. Say I don't watch this for a while. I forget stuff. That's okay. You still remember more terms than I do. If I was <laughs> in Ganu's team, though, regardless of the outcome of this match, you got to think that they're talking a secondary or a tertiary tool. So there's a fun stat there that this is the first time in like eight fights that uh, Cyril Gon's been on his back. Interesting. Yeah. So let's see what Ngannou can do in this position because he's again he's known for knocking the shit out of people, but you know he also has a few submissions under his belt. So let's see if he can do some work and keep uh, keep well, Gon on his back. So like, like you could see how he's steering him around even without having a full lock. He's steering Gon around. Uh, this isn't looking good for Cyril Gon. I think we're we might be inching towards the end here he just gave up his back now he's now he gave up his back because he was trying to stand up but yeah he's he's trying to find a way out of this position and no yeah. matter where he turns Nganu beats him up uh, upside the head and Nganu is clearly the more powerful of the two yeah not great They're standing up against the fence now. And Cyril gone uh, has the underhook. They, they, I'm not sure who took who down there, but they both went face first. Yeah, Gon's looking like he's back to tentative. He looks like he's less steering the conversation and more trying to stay alive. Yeah. Especially because on that on that last where they went down, Gon's arm was behind his back. Yeah, that looked bad on his shoulder. I was wondering if like maybe he got like a separated shoulder there or something. Uh, so Francis Ngannou had trapped his right his uh, left arm. He got that one loose, but now he's got his uh, his right arm underhooking Francis Ngannou. Let's see what he does with it. Sirogon spins out. Okay. Let's fight another day. How now, Brown Cow? Let's go. What are we going to do? You got to change the pace here for sure. Yeah, he, he, he lost this round so far. <sighs> Big right hand from Nganu. Oh, yeah. Sirogon looks like he's starting to fall apart here. Like he's not throwing a lot of form. No, his his kicks are lazy. He's yeah. still trying to keep that distance. He's turning his back. I mean, I'm sure it took an exorbitant amount of energy to not give up while you were pinned on your back. Ooh, big kick to the face there from uh, Gon. And Gano just kind of walks through it. Another takedown from Francis Ngannou. Oh, crap. He might be in trouble here. Gon's got the arm. Francis Ngannou fighting out a half guard. Let's see if he can pass in the full mount. Well, it beat his record, according to the stats here. He has two takedowns. He's previously only had one. But then again, he was... Knocking people into yeah. the, you know the negative zone. 
Oof. All right. Two one. If you if you go off a Robert Winfrey scorecard and you gave the first rounds to Gone, you have to give that one to Francis and Gano. And now it's two one. Oh, for sure. Lo- love that slam there in the replay from Francis and Gano. That was a pretty looking scoop slam. He's a monster. Okay, so watching the replay again, yeah, he tripped him and he had the arm trapped, and that looked ugly on the shoulder joint. I mean, God used a lot of energy there, so yes, and God who clearly only has a, a finite tank, but God spent a lot of power staying alive there. God, yep. does the gas in the corner, though. <laughs> Consensus seems to be uh, 2 1 gone um, on Twitter right now. Somebody wants Francis Ngannou versus Jake Paul. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, sure, for the payday. Why not? I say that as someone who just wants Jake Paul to get punched in the mouth. So, <laughs> yes, the the she man uh, Jake Paul haters club that you're the president of. I am the president, the CEO, the chief operating officer. <laughs> Secretary, secretary, the coffee boy. <laughs> All right, some pep in the step of uh, Cyril gone here. Came up decent. Gone, it does look tired. That's a sin. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what Robert was saying in our chat here. He has a twenty-nine gone, and and the wrestling is working for Ngannou, but his cardio isn't built for it. Yep. Which means, you know, if you're in Ganu, then maybe pick up the pace a little bit more. <laughs> Try to end it. Yeah. Like, don't let this guy take you in the deep water and drown you. Yeah. You lose a title. And I'm not really loving a lot of what I see out of Gon. So it's like, well, I wouldn't want, I don't want him to lose his fight this way. Gon threw himself out of the way to avoid that body shot. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> Gone, just committing to those sort of you know half-ass leg kicks. Yeah, which is like it's surprising. I think that's it's so dangerous that sooner or later, Ganu only has to hit you once if you leave yourself open that many times. He's gonna know it's coming. Oh, big right from Cyril Gone, but Francis and Ganu. Made of sterner stuff, just walks through it, ties up gone against the fence. Yeah. The power game is clearly in Ghana's favor. For sure. Boom. Third takedown for a guy who has never been taken down in eight fights. Jesus. That's gonna be the story of this one. Like whatever ends up happening, it's gonna be like, you know, Gone got taken down so many guys by a guy who's known for just knocking bitches into unconsciousness. Yeah. That's the technical term, by the way. Yep. I, I thought <laughs> it. Yep. I wrote it down in my book of, of scientist notes. <laughs> you know, half guard, full guard, side mount, full mount, knocking bitches out. 
It's on his resume, I'm sure. Yeah. I learned that I when I was... Thought, honestly, I would have thought on the ground game mm-hmm. that Gon would have been able to reverse a bunch of Nganu's moves. Oh, look at that. Look at that from Gon. He reached back there and he grabbed the leg on Nganu and exactly. got the trip. But... Uh... Yeah. All right, I like what I'm seeing from Nganu here. He shifted positions. He's a little bit more on the front now. Pfft. Takedown number four. And Cyril Gon now looks like he's getting tired. Like this big-ass man is all over him, and he's oh, not loving it. Oh, oh, is he going to get the full mound? Ah! Do it! No, not yet, not yet. Come on, pass Nganu. Like, I have no dog in the hunt. Whoever wins, wins. It's fine. But, you know, I'd like to see somebody definitively win. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think I think I, I favor Nganu because the odds were so against him. And for a champion, mm-hmm. that, I feel like that always sucks. But I will I will also definitely say this. I thought if they went to the net, that Gon was going to just control this thing left, right. Yeah, center, that's not what's happening at all. Oh, oh, yeah. Ooh, that was close. So it looks like he had his knee off the mat just barely when uh, Ngano nailed him with the knee in the face. Oh. Yeah, that was by the skin of his teeth, too. Oh, he might be mounting him against the fence. Do it! Do it, Ngano! Make him squeal, as they said on the Critic 1, to one episode. oh <laughs> uh, yeah big round for francis and gano well if you're playing the home game if you two had two. it if you had it two for the first uh round first two rounds for gone it's two two now all comes down to round five. Oh my gosh See, you never know with with these mixed martial arts fights. You never know if it's going to be seconds or you're going to go the full 25. Like if I had said, oh, we're only going to do the main event, this this might have been worth it. But, you know, who knew? Who knew, you know, that this wasn't going to open up with Francis and Gano punching him in the mush and it's over. I do love when it's unpredictable. Yeah, for sure. We are down to the last round. And hey, for those of you who have stayed with us on Twitter and YouTube and uh, Twitch and Facebook, we really appreciate you. I know there are a million and one live streams uh, people people are doing tonight on YouTube and Twitch. You chose to hang out with us, and we are appreciative. So we hope you'll come back for any number of our wrestling or boxing shows. Again, we've got the Keith Thurman fight. In two weeks, we've got the Royal Rumble. We've got Elimination Chamber. So, got a lot of fun stuff planned for 2022 live stream <laughs> Saturday nights. What are you laughing at? That was that was your uh, that was your one o'clock in the morning setter there, my friend. That was what? In the 22. What's the year? What's the year? Oh 22. yeah, yeah. It's all right.
All right. All right who's going to take, take this fifth round? Someone's got to pick up the pace here. See, if you're Francis Ngannou at this point, you felt this guy's power. Why not open up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little like I, I think that Ngannou got to feel at least good that he's been able to hold his own on the mm -hmm. ground, and he's got to think that he can outpunch Gon. Okay. So, all right, so Cyril Gon got the single leg just now. Let's see what he does with it because we've been talking the, all night and this fight that if Cyril Gon was able to get to the ground, that he might actually pull out a victory. He might pull out a submission. Let's see what he does now. He's got he's in the half guard. Yep, Francis Ngannou starting to sit out. Cyril Gon muscles him back to his back. Now, let's see if Ngano can fight off his back, though. Maybe Cyril Gon walks into a triangle or something. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Good move there from good defense from Francis Ngano, who's now trying to pass in the mount. Got a couple of headshots in there, too. Yeah, he did. Francis Ngannou taking back control on the ground. Hiya! Up, oh, we're going for I think a heel hook. Oh, well, Cyril Gon's got it. Uh oh. You could see him thinking about what he was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's very much like I've been, I've done, I practiced this. What do I do here? <laughs> I know I have a coach who tells me what to do. It's what. Do I cut the red wire or the black wire? What do I do? That was a very that face he made in when uh, Cyril Gon had his ankle was very much like, did I leave the iron on? Yep, one hundred percent. All right. Oh, he passed in the full mount. Oh, Dan Lasby, he passed in the full mount. Mount. Oh my uh, god! He does now. It's the seesaw. Okay, he's in. He's in half again. He doesn't have a fall. He had it there for a second, though. It looked like this is all Did in Ghana right, right now. Tom hasn't been on his back in the last how many fights? He hasn't been dumped in eight fights. He was dumped four and five times here tonight. Jesus. I mean, Ngano's got it. At this point, he's won this in the round. Is. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Unless, unless Cyril Gon submits him, we're done here. Winner and still champion. Less than two minutes on the clock. Francis Ngano working from half guard. I think if you're his team, if you're Ngano's team, you feel good about his ability to shift out of his comfort zone. I mean, you mentioned GSP before. He's not one of my favorite fighters, um, but certainly, you, you you know, he was a Hall of Fame fighter and uh, one of the best in his, you know, in his time. And a lot of what he would do in situations like this is he would control you on the ground, which didn't make for a dynamic viewing experience for your casual fan, but it was effective. And that's what Francis Ngannou is doing right now. He's working. He's being effective. He's controlling. He's currently got his head uh, in Cyril Gon's arm, but he's been protecting his neck. No Wu-Tang joke aside. Um, he's doing what needs to be done, and he's not making stupid mistakes. Yep. 
And now we're 20 seconds on the clock. I mean, at this point, unless he slips on a banana peel, winner and still champion, Francis Ngannou. Winner in, for, in, in Jack Astar. Yep. And listen, <laughs> and his, his power has been a testament. His ability to manhandle Gon when Gon mm-hmm. has tried to get the upper hand on the ground has been and That's different. it. Between the two title fights, it's almost an hour of MMA action, solid MMA action between your heavyweights, your heaviest and your lightest, your heavyweights <laughs> and your flyweights, Daniel Lasby. Can Lies. you dig it? Suck up! <laughs> so once again, as we uh, wait for the final decision here, um, next Saturday, the Podsman and I doing the Royal Rumble from soup to nuts. The weekend after that is Keith Thurman versus Mario Barrios. That's a Fox pay-per-view. Dan Lasby and I will bring you that. Um, then we're going to skip a week. And then Daniel Lasby and I and maybe some friends will be doing the Elimination Chamber from Saudi Arabia. And then we'll see where life takes us from there. Gone looks like his mother just told him he wasn't the favorite child. <laughs> you disappoint me. Sorry, I always liked your sister more. <laughs> oh, and that replay on that uh, full suplex is just amazing. Hey, um, I missed this before when we were talking before the show. Jose Ramirez is fighting Jose Pedraza on ESPN um, March 4th. So if you're not uh, gallivanting around the globe like you do, uh, I might hit you up for that one. That'll be an easy easy Friday night show. Friday night fight. Yeah, Friday night fight. And and you won't have to pay for it. That'll be on ESPN. I do like like that. Yeah, I'm sure. So Robert Winfrey with some pearls of wisdom here. He says sitting for that heel hook was a boneheaded decision and probably gave the fight away just right out the round, man. I guess he's saying that uh, he thinks Cyril Gon might have got might have won that one. And I don't think that's the case. But all right, here we go with the decision. Ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds, we go to the judges for charge for decision. The judges for the contest. I mean, God looks like he thinks he's lost. I mean, God looks like that's what I'm for the winner by unanimous decision. And still. Yeah, so I thought. All right. As we said, was going to happen. Francis Ngannou with the uh, unanimous decision, three rounds to two. Daniel Lasby, this is your first UFC live stream. How are you feeling, brother? Good man. I mean, uh, I got. I have, you always send me away with more homework to do. <laughs> What's going on? You, you talk about the few uh, miscues you have after watching UFC for a while, and I'm like, it's a triangle in there somewhere. That's- <laughs> that that's that that looks like a submission. Fantastic. <laughs> good, good. That is right. uncomfortable. <laughs> that seems like it hurts. All right, so that's it. Um, that's our coverage here. I've gone through my schedule over the past three hours. I don't need to do any more plugs. Uh, if you found us on Twitter or Twitch, give us a like and a follow. Um, 
we have a Facebook page, W2M Rattlegen Broadcasting Network has a Facebook page. Uh, give us a like and a follow. If you listen to us on traditional audio, whatever your podcast catcher you have that we're on it, just type in W2M Network and you will find our W and our 2 and our M. Please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, you know, the higher, you know, the more ratings, the more positive stars, the more people will find us. And if you liked us, don't you want to share us with the rest of the world? Don't you? Don't you love us? Speaking of loving us, Daniel Asby, where can we find you and what are you doing these days? I am uh, working my day job like a sometimes normal human being. And I have a wrestling <laughs> musical that is called uh, Sunset Flip, which we're about to go into workshopping for shortly. So hopefully I'll be able to share that with someone somewhere in the near future. All right. Um, do you want to give any of your socials out or you're like, no, I don't want to be social. Uh, I do want to get my socials out, but not yet because I don't do a very good job of doing anything with them. So <laughs> let me figure that out first. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Royal Rumble this Saturday with the Podsman and then me and Lasby back again for the Fox pay-per-view Keith Thurman versus Mario Barrios. Until then, everybody, thanks again for hanging out with us. For Daniel Lasby, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>